For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Hey, this is Robert Love, Solitude Eternist, Concept of God, formerly of Candlemass. You are now listening to 10 years of Just Keep It Metal. Hey, this is Cryptos of Spectral Manifest. Our longtime MSR cast listeners may know me as Papa Josh. Calling in to uh, help my buddy Evil C celebrate 10 years of MSR cast. He and I started that podcast 10 years ago. Never thought it would still be going today. Kudos to you and everyone involved with MSR cast. I want to give everyone a shout out and uh, keep it metal, keep it underground, and. Uh, Fuck the mainstream. Gentlemen, congratulations on 10 years of podcasting and bringing the world of the nerd to the masses. This is Ian Robinson with as many congratulations as I can muster from my vicious, cynical black heart. Thanks so much for everything, and thanks for having me on your show those couple of times. Best of luck to the future. Hey guys, Brian Hewler here, longtime listener, hailing out of Coon Rapids, Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities. I just want to congratulate both Carrie and Sean and all the other folks who've been involved with MSR Cast over the years. A happy 10 years. Keep it metal, guys. And here's hoping you keep it metal for the next 10 years and beyond. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Starr from Wildstar, Vicious Drummers, and Chastain. You're listening to the 10th anniversary show at MSR Cast. Rock and roll. Hey, it's Larry Berrigan, guitarist of Hellstar. Uh, I'm taking a short break from recording the new Hellstar album, Pampito. I uh, just want to wish the guys at uh, MSR Cast a happy 10th anniversary, and I'm looking forward to the next 10 years. Horns up! How's it going? It's Rob from Metal Injection. I just wanted to take a moment to congratulate the Mainstream Resistance podcast on your 10-year anniversary. Uh, it's been a pleasure having the MSR cast on Metal Injection for the last 10 years, and I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the next 10 years and keeping metal alive and get that mainstream out of there. Keep it underground. Thanks to Carrie. Thanks to everyone who contributed, and have a great anniversary. Hey, this is Ray from Immortal Bird and Throstenblatt wishing the MSR cast a very happy 10th anniversary. Congratulations, guys. Hey, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saint wishing the guys at MSR happy 10 years. Hey, this is JD, also known as S3 Prototype, saying congratulations, Mr. Carey, for a wonderful 10 years of MSR cast. We look forward to hearing more of it soon, right? There's, there's more. We are, we're, there's more listening. Can I be on the show again? Hey, what's up? It's Larry Roberts from November's Doom here. 
just leaving a quick little message to say a huge congratulations to Carrie and everybody at MSR Cast Podcasting for 10 years of amazing entertainment, news, and uh, just general tomfoolery and stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I love you guys. I hope you get to do this for another 10 years, and thanks so much for giving a little nobody like me a chance every now and then to flap my gums with, you know, with you guys on all sorts of geeky subjects, and uh, it's great. So, Dumon, all the best to all you guys, all right? Take care. Hey, Metalheads. This is Brian, just checking in. I might not have a cool nickname like Sean or Kerry, but... I'll just go by the Metal Preacher for this little message. Just a quick shout-out to everybody um, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of MSR Cast. Um, I remember stumbling upon it after the first handful of episodes, wondering who these dudes were talking about all sorts of metal, from symphonic metal to underground. And As I think back, it's hard to believe the number of bands I've been introduced to um, that currently fill stacks of CDs or my iTunes or whatever I'm listening to it on. Um, it's really cool as a guy growing up in the Florida metal scene playing in bands and having tons of friends in the scene to be able to just hear other people talking about metal and just the community we have it's just something we've all kind of grown up on and that's probably why you're listening and that's why after 10 years we're still here so I just want to thank everybody that's listened thank everybody that's been involved over the years because without all of your input and without all of your um, support we wouldn't have been able to do this a few years ago, I had the chance to win an Oceans of Slumber giveaway that MSR Cast was doing, and that's how Carrie and I started talking. And after a few emails back and forth and some random, you know, Facebook posts, um, I got involved with posting on the Facebook page and helped moderate some things like that. And it's been pretty cool. I appreciate all the people I've had the chance to talk to through that and the musicians I've had the chance to meet and discuss what MSR Cast is all about. So, 10 years, it's awesome, it's going to continue. Remember, keep it metal, more to come. MSR Cast! See ya! Hi, this is James Rivera. I'm going back to old school. MSR Cast? Oh, come on! Yes, we've been around for a long time, and we're not going away. This is James Abura from Hellstar. Support your local scene. Oh! Hey, man. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? It's been a long time. It's been a long time, man. It's been a very long Welcome time. Welcome back to MSR Cast. Yeah. Mainstream Resistance, the podcast. Sequel, the movie. You look confused part, on that part one. Part due. Part due. Yeah. Exactly right. So... You are tuned in to episode number 173 of MSR Cast. This is our, weird to say, our 10-year anniversary show. Yeah. 10 fucking years, man, that I've been doing this. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, just a glutton for punishment. Apparently. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, though. I mean, I, this show could have stopped many, many times in the past, but I kept it going. Yeah. It's It's something that's near and dear to my heart, so... Why give up with something that you love? No, never stop. Never stop. You don't being give up a on a fan. bad marriage. You just keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> Have a few kids. Make bad episodes. <laughs> keep keep it together. Buy a house. Exactly right. <laughs> so Let's just lock this in. Buy a house. We have a special guest this evening since he's already spoken. It's Justin from the Comical Podcast. It's big as a metalhead that I ever known. Yeah. 
He likes a lot of metal, don't you? Is that a fat joke? You gotta make a fat joke. No, not a fat one? joke. <laughs> Jesus. No, yeah, I'm a huge metalhead, definitely. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to help you guys ring in the anniversary. Ten Thank years, you. man. That's impressive. We need like we need like some champagne and like little. Yeah, I didn't buy any presents. Well, then we'll be like every other metal podcast, right. getting drunk while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not going to do that. No presents for me, man. No presents. Right. You know, there's a the store right down the street. Yeah. Come back when you're done, and then we'll continue. My presence is yeah. my present. The quick mart. <laughs> the quick mart. <laughs> exactly right. So, um, I guess before we move on, there are some changes that we need to discuss. Um, it's been a few months since we put an episode out. Yeah, we should address that. Let's, sorry let's sorry about that. that, first of all. Yeah, we're sorry. Uh, we won't happen again. Promise? We're going to try not to. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna actually... I have a fire lit under my ass now. We're going to actually do a lot more episodes. Cause it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Sean's a great co-host. He's the most knowledgeable metalhead that I've ever met. And it's fun to agree or disagree with him. Yeah. Because I don't always agree with you. No. And you don't no. always agree with me. No. But... There are a lot of opinions in metal, and all of them are equally valid. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So, one of the big changes is we've, since the show has started, we've been with Metal Injection Radio. Uh, After this episode, that's going to be different. Um, There's no animosity, none of that shit, because you probably heard Rob, the owner of Metal Injection Radio, leave a comment in the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. So there's no animosity, there's none of that stuff, but it's just time to move on and, and find a new place for the show. And that's what we're working on. There are some really cool things in the works for the show, and hopefully that will happen really, really soon, and we'll be able to tell everybody about it. But in the meantime, you can still find us. There's a couple places you can find us. You can still find us on iTunes. You can search for MSRCast. You can find us on our website, which is MSRCast.com. Those are the two best places to find us. Yeah, Stitcher, all those places, you can still find the show. Yeah, it's just you're not going to find us on the Metal Injection website anymore right. after this episode. That yeah, is. little tear, little tear, little tear. Okay, tears gone. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll you'll we'll definitely just be ringing it in your ears when we. Yeah, and we're yeah. still you know we're we're still our sister show, which is Metal Geeks podcast, which I do as well, and Sean's been on many times. That is still going strong, so. MSRcast.com and MetalGeeks.net are basically the same website right now. Yeah. So it's the same. If you look up Metal Geeks on iTunes, you will you will get both of these shows. So if you like this show, listen to Metal Geeks. If you like Metal Geeks, listen to this show. Yeah. If you can't get enough of me, listen to both shows. If you want me to shut up already, don't listen to either of them. Yeah. Ooh. And if you like me, you can listen to Comical Podcast. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. promotion. I was waiting for that. I had to get in there somehow. <laughs> so if you don't know as well, I don't think we've ever mentioned on this show, uh, Justin and I do a video show that's called Adventures in Geekery. That uh, Actually, it's on the WB39 website, Newsfix. The WB? Damn, how old am I? <laughs> CW39. <laughs> wow. I just saw him shaking his head. WB. And how long- what's crazy is that I was like, what's wrong with WB? <laughs> No, it's on CW39's CW39. Newsfix website. That's yeah. right. But you can actually access it by going to adventuresandgeekery.com. What does CW stand for now? I'm really not sure. Cartoon World? This isn't... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. What does CW stand for? No idea. But if Truth, you go to- justice, in the American way. <laughs> if you go to uh, adventuresandgeekery.com, it will take you to our page on the Newsfix website. Check us out. We... Uh, 
What's the last episode we did? We did an episode about the D23 Expo and all the, the cool Star Wars stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And today happens to be Star Wars Force Day as we record this. And, and Iron Maiden Day, so... <laughs> a lot of people have been out there buying Force stuff, Star yep. Wars stuff. My, my whole stuff. Twitter feed, fe- Facebook yeah, yeah. feed, nothing but Star Wars stuff. Nothing but Star Wars. It's it's a good time, though. Yeah. The movie coming out soon, but we're here to talk about metal. Yeah. Iron Maiden came out today, and we have a cool discussion coming up later in the show for that. But yeah, I just wanted to clear up the the whole the the whole moving of the show. It was a uh, it's it's gonna happen. It's you know just find us and uh, you know and still listen, man. If you're a fan of the show, I hope that doesn't make you stop listening. You know, nothing's I mean? gonna change. You're still gonna be playing no music. Yeah, you're the, still gonna be reviewing the show's stuff. Not gonna, yeah, yeah. Just where you can find the show. Uh, and we still have we have a shit ton of especially the episodes that we have planned. Yeah, we just haven't got to yet. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. It's funny because like the last episode we had done. Before we yeah. ended up taking a two month break, was what the uh, we took a hiatus. We took a we took a little hiatus. We, what's we the did word? The concept album. Episode. We did the concept album as a episode. And we were going to be doing a episode on like movie soundtrack songs. Yeah, that's right. Man, that was a long time ago. Yeah, right, wasn't it? <laughs> and you know, one of the songs I know we can say this right now. We were going to play Dream Warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to say quick. You know, we're going to miss Wes Craven. If you're metalhead and you, uh, oh yeah, yeah. With Craven was a huge part of my childhood growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Freddie, the guy gave me nightmares when I was a kid. He still gives me nightmares. I, what are you talking I, about? I didn't like him. I didn't like those movies. You didn't really? I mean, I'm sure they're fine movies. I just didn't like watching them. One of my, one of very my, very uncomfortable. One of my early birthday parties was at a Dollar Theater. I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street 3D, the 3D one. I think that's what it was. My parents dropped me and all my friends off at the store, uh, the, the movie theater, and we watched that movie. Yeah. Then we went out for pizza and ice cream, as yeah. you do after you're scared shitless as a kid. Yeah. I remember being dropped off at a friend's house. Uh, I think my mom and dad were going on a date or something, and I was staying. They were just watching me for a few hours, and the older brother of my friend was was starting that movie when my mom dropped me off, and she said, "Absolutely, under no circumstances are you to watch the first Friday the Thirteenth." I was like, "Okay." As soon as she Friday left, thirteenth or nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Yeah. So as soon as she left, I was right down there watching it. <laughs> sat plopped right down, and it really didn't bother me for some reason. I don't know if it means I'm a fucked up person or what, but uh, that one never bothered me. The only movie that really bothered me as a kid was Stephen King's It. I was gonna say Creep Show. There was oh. that. There was that one scene where the guy gets buried in the sand. Yeah, that freaked me out as a kid for some reason. I don't <laughs> know why. Candyman two. Candyman two. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Tony Todd. <laughs> wow. How do we get? How do we get to this, to this topic? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we do weird shit like comparing metal to like ice cream and pizza toppings and shit like that. Yeah. So, why not? There's a lot of parallels between metal and horror. Yeah, there is so. definitely. So uh, a big thanks again. I, I got to get a big thanks to Metal Injection for everything they've done for us for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pleasure to be on your network. Pleasure to know you guys, and it was a pleasure to to do this show for the past ten years for all of our fans, and we're not going to stop. Yep, never going to stop. So let's uh play the. I think what we're gonna we're gonna get some music tonight, but what I sort of wanted to do is play some music of bands that really influenced our our metal. You know, growing up being a little metalhead, yeah. what like for me, I can talk about one of the first power metal band that I ever really got into and I never really considered it power metal back in the day it was Halloween yeah 
it was like 1987 88 um parents dropped me up we're at the mall and i was walking around there was a one of the one of the music stores in the mall had a big giant standee of keeper of the seven keys part two i think it was wow nice and i was like that is pretty cool what is that yeah so i convinced my mom to buy me the album huh and been a halloween nerd ever since then yeah <laughs> michael kiske is still one of my favorite vocalists and yeah so it's cool that your mom bought you that uh, i could never get the very i i remember the same store in that in that mall the very first cd i ever bought would slayer show no mercy on on compact disc wow yeah. First CD I ever got was Green Day's Dookie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that is pretty Dookie. It was, it was Dookie and Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. I bought them on the same day. At least mine was fucking day. Slayer. Come on. Yeah. What's up with you guys? What was the first heavy metal album you ever remember getting on CD? Besides, not cassette, but CD. Uh, was um, Megadeth Countdown to Extinction was on really? CD. Yeah. That was like the second CD I it ever It was like, had. what, that's 91, 92? 92 that yeah. came out, but I, I think I got that in like 90. Either late ninety four or ninety five. I didn't get a CD player until like ninety five or yeah. something. something. We had one early on, I think. But I, I remember was on cassettes for the longest time. And I remember getting uh, Operation Mindcrime on CD after it came out. Oh, nice! At the at the fucking grocery store. In those long boxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it wasn't a long box. I do remember the long boxes. Yeah. I used to take the long boxes and put them on my wall above, like the door frame. Yeah, around the wall, all around my. <laughs> it was like it was like my my what do you call it like around your your frame around the wall yeah yeah like on your ceiling what is this shit called wallpaper no not wallpaper but oh i know what you're talking about um molding molding oh, crown yeah, molding yeah, crown molding yeah yeah it was my crown molding it yeah. was like the old <laughs> the old boxes from the cds yeah that was a waste of fucking paper and, yeah. and cardboard <laughs> yeah. wasn't it just a lot of wasted space it really was all right so uh let's get on to a halloween track i picked out future world one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, uh, all-time metal classic. It really, really is. Yeah, um, and this, of course, is from the album "Keeper of the Seven Keys" Part One, not Part Two, no. but Part One, which came out in 1987. The superior of the two, I think. I think I was 13 or 12 or 13 when this album came out. Wow. Yeah. You think it's superior than Part Two? I like it better than Part Two. I think maybe you could say they're equal. I think Part but... One and Part Two for me are are just a long. It's a, it's just a double concept album. Yeah. So I don't really consider them two different Separate. albums. Yeah. yeah. So because there's good tracks on both of those albums that some and there's some not okay tracks, but I think I just listen to part go back and listen to part one more than I yeah. would go back to yeah. Yeah, it's a really good. Yeah. This is one of my favorite tracks of all time. Let's get into Future World from Halloween. <laughs>
This is Larry Petro, the managing editor for KNAC.com, the loudest dot-com on the planet, wishing a happy anniversary to Carrie Gordon and the rest of the MSR cast crew on 10 years of rocking out and geeking out. Have a drink on me, fellas. Hey, guys, it's Paul Derry from the Window to the Magic podcast, and I was just calling to leave you a quick voicemail to congratulate you on 10 years of podcasting. Now, the Window to the Magic podcast just celebrated this exact same anniversary just about a month ago. And so we know exactly what an amazing accomplishment it is to have continued to podcast for an entire 10 years. It's not something that most podcasts are able to do. And so we wholeheartedly congratulate you on bringing us 10 years of wonderful content. Now, just like everybody said to me when I hit 10 years, we're looking forward to the next 10 years. Isn't that a frightening thought? Well, anyway, as I said, this is Paul from Window to the Magic Podcast at windowtothemagic.com. Congratulations once again, and we'll be listening. What's going on, guys? John here, owner of the Pod Bros Network, and I just wanted to stop by and say congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. 
You guys have done something that many only wish to achieve. Keep going strong and keep it metal. And here's to another 10 years of awesome podcasting. Hello, Carrie Gordon and everyone at MSR Cast. This is Luis Carlos with Funeral Rights and Adversary Productions here in Houston, Texas. I just want to congratulate you guys on your 10-year anniversary, March. May you have many, many, many more to come. I know it's been a long journey, but in the end, it's well worth it. Congratulations, and keep on resisting the mainstream. Battle. Hello. This is Morgan Freeman calling to wish the MSR podcast a congratulatory 10 years. Congratulations on everything that you've done, everything that you're going to do with your podcast. I will leave you with this. Titty sprinkles. This is Maurice of Blues Funeral and Sanctus Bellum. Just wanted to wish MSR cast a happy 10-year anniversary uh, what a great metal institution and a forum for folks to just chat about all things metal. And I've had the opportunity of knowing Carrie and the folks associated with this for the last few years and even had a chance to participate in it. And it's always just been a great time and a great opportunity for everybody to, to kind of learn about what's out there. So happy 10 year and you know, thank you guys so much for what you do. Keep doing it. I wish you another 10 years of success. Hey, this is George from uh, everyone's probably most favorite segment, George Hates Metal. I want to congratulate Carrie on great decade of podcasting. He is the pioneer of all podcasting, and I want to thank him for bringing me into this uh, MSR cast family. I've been doing it with these guys for over a year now and become like family to me, and I love all you guys, and I wish you for the next 10 years. Uh, this is Mickey Mouse. I wanted to tell Carrie congratulations for 10 years and keep it metal. Welcome back to George Hates Metal. Uh, I mean, Wait, MSR cast. That's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Welcome back to MSR cast. We just got done listening to the latest track from Halloween. No. From 1987, the latest track. <laughs> I wasn't sure on the date. That's my bad. Yeah, it's not. It's, they, they just put a new album out. It's not on yeah. that album. Yeah, okay. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, that was the disappointment of the year. Really? Yeah. I, the new the Halloween? I just, yeah, no. It didn't make it for me. I went back and listened to it. It was not good. I haven't gone back a lot and listened to it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. It's the no, last it's album. Future World, I'll tell you that. No, it's not. Nothing is as good as Future World. <laughs> no. It's not my favorite album. Uh, the last album I really liked a lot. My What is it called? Uh, this one's called My God-Given Right. Yeah. The last one was called... Bollocks. We usually don't. Bollocks is not the we, name of the we album. We usually don't get this wrong. <laughs> All we, right, we'll just we'll just skip that. Fuck that. We enough of Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah Halloween. Yeah. You know they're one of the they're one of my gateway bands that got me into that style of music, which yeah. I never heard before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not really. I think they're a lot of people's gateway band. Yeah, for that. they're not super power metally, but no. they're they're thrashy. They're they're on the verge of. Um, they're uh, what I consider like almost proto power metal. Like where they bridge the gap. Proto from, Man from like Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if that helps you. Yeah, it helps <laughs> where, they, where they bridge. I the, have something to compare to. Where they bridge the gap between European hard rock, European metal. Yeah. Just like early '80s European metal, like you know, Scorpions, except yeah. Crocus. Um, and definitely into, AOR influence. Yeah, but, but, but still in, heavy. 
into Catchy. what we now know as power metal that flourished in the early 90s, late 90s, that kind of thing. I think Halloween was like one of the first bands to really play around with that style. Yeah. And say, hey, you can mix this shit together and, and come up with this new style of metal. Yeah. I mean, projecting Michael Kiske being so helium voiced, you know, really made it possible for like people to go, oh, okay, so it can be higher than Bruce Dickinson and it's okay. And, you know, I was watching uh, with their performance. Uh, it's okay were, if it's lower too. Yeah, it is yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a performance of, um, I can't remember the name of the band. It was like the Metal All-Stars or something from Wacken this year, Wacken. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And Keith Case sang a couple songs. Uh-huh, yeah. And that dude can still hit those notes by, while moving around the stage. I'm like, Man, how yeah. the hell are you doing that? He sounds still? great. He, he really sounds amazing. Sound great, still. Yeah, hit those fucking old Halloween notes. Come yeah, on. that's not easy to do. Yeah, and I, I love. Um, speaking of Keith K, he did that album "Passed in Different Ways." It was like sort of redone versions of like some of the tracks from his career. They did some old Halloween stuff. I don't think I've gotten to listen to that one oh, yet. It's really good. We next episode, we don't have time for this episode, but next episode we have to talk about the sabotage TSO Vakin thing. Like. I know we're going to be late on it. Everyone's already talked about it, but yes. we need to talk about it because we haven't really gotten to discuss it. Now that I have uh, acquired, I've procured a high-quality version of the entire show. Nice. So we yeah. might have to sit down and watch that and then talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a huge Sabotage fan. Yeah. If any other band that got me into this style, that bombastic power proto-power metal, whatever you want to call yeah. it, yeah. it's Sabotage. Yeah, just that injection of bombast in the music. Yeah. When, when you when you first hear something like that, you, you it awakens something in, within you, and you realize this is the music I've been waiting to hear my entire life. I think life. one of the the most underrated living legends, best songwriters in metal today, is John Oliva. Yeah, I agree. I love his voice. I yeah. love everything about him. That dude's amazing. I think I think he's one of the rare guys in metal who was able to hit a perfect streak of albums from like. Hall of the Mountain King to uh, what was a gutter ballet right yeah. after that then Streets are you kidding me like just classic 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 and have, Edge of Thorns you know classics Handful of Rain even with a different singer that's the oh, first whoa, time whoa, no shut up <laughs> <laughs> this is a part where we don't agree. okay go ahead <laughs> yeah I, I was I, I like Handful of Rain but it's the first time where I was like oh that's a little shaky a little bit I one of my dad's favorite tracks, uh, he heard me listening to Chance one time. Yeah, that, yeah. And he started listening to that track and over. He's like, oh, it reminds me of Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, it, it does. Yeah. It's I that, could see that. I yeah. like that. That song still gets me. I love that song. Seeing them do that at Vakken was... Oh, it was well, seeing it was the footage epic. of them, yeah. I wish I was at that show. Yeah. I hope I hope this lights a fire under their butt and lets them record they've their been, album. They've been talking about it now. They've been talking about different... Doing more festivals and stuff like I that. Wanna, I want to... The last time I saw Sabotage, the only time I ever saw Sabotage live, was at a club up north, and it wasn't. John Oliva was there. He sang a little bit. It was, but the, it was they had the, the, kid, other the other guy, kid, the kid guy. I can't remember his name now. Da- Damon, uh, yeah, d- yeah, something, something. Yeah. Thankfully, he's not with him anymore. Yeah, he was never on the actual Poets and Mad Men no, album, right? Yeah. No, it was uh, Dak and John Oliva. I really wonder what happened to that guy. Like, what did you do after that? Nobody knows. Yeah. Chris Caffrey's still on the round, though. Yeah. Justin's like, I don't know who these fucking people are. Yeah, I'm bad with names. Sabotage, you got you have to check out Sabotage. I like Sabotage. I've heard some of their stuff, yeah. Okay. What's what's your favorite? Put I, you I could spot. I couldn't answer that. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, the answer, answer is Hollow the Mountain King. That's sure. that is the answer. Sean Fire. probably knows. I'll, I'll agree with that Sean. That's the greatest sabotage song. <laughs> it's one of the greatest all time metal songs. Agreed. Just, yeah. 
every time I hear that, I've heard that song like a million times, <laughs> and every time I hear it, I still get pumped up, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Is I don't think my it? encyclopedia of metal goes quite as deep as you guys' is. I mean, I, I love everything I hear, but I don't know all the facts and all the details about everything. So you know? let's, let's, let's put you we on the spot. We need to go yeah, investigate your metal past. What, the first <laughs> metal band you ever listened to? Nails. Nine Inch Nails. Really? I mean, they, they probably fall in that category, right? Sure. Yeah, some of the stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I really liked the Pretty Gateway. Hate Machine when it came out. Yeah. I mean, like I started out listening to like Disney music and stuff when I was a kid. My mom never really encouraged us to listen to... I still listen to that shit. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I mean, that's what all I listened to when I was a kid. Okay. My mom, my parents didn't encourage us to go out and listen to what was popular at the time. Right. Uh, so when I did discover that stuff, I was immediately drawn to like, alternative music. I liked stuff like Green Day, like we mentioned before, and Offspring. Uh, Smash was a little bit heavier than most of what I was listening to at the time, so I liked that heavier sound, and I wanted more of it. Um, I don't remember, honestly, if it was Nails or Metallica that I listened to first, but I'm going to credit it to Nails, because they were always bigger in my mind. Um, but yeah, those those were the two big I, ones I listened to that really so got me into. the first Metallica album that you listened to, what was it? Uh, Master of Puppets. Okay. Yeah. At least it wasn't Black Album. No, it wasn't Black Album. <laughs> hmm. I think my first Metallica album was probably Ride the Lightning. And then back to Kill 'Em All, and then onward. Metallica was definitely the first band that I went back and listened to their entire discography, and really like Megadeth with got sucked in. And Anthrax. And I mean, we talked about progression, uh, like Fear Factory and Flames. Like those were the two bands that really wanted me to move from like pretty standard, you know, popular mainstream metal bands to a heavier sound. And uh, from there, I went and moved and on. And some to people all that would argue stuff. that they are pretty mainstream heavy metal. Yeah, I mean now, now. Yeah, I mean, well, so, even back then they were sort of. <laughs> yeah, they were on that that cusp of being. In flames back in the day. Uh, okay, Fear, well, Fear Factory, Factor, you could yeah. argue a point for Fear Factory and Cold Chamber and like that era Cold of Chamber. bands definitely oh, were were mainstream oh, a yeah. little bit. But I, yeah, I will admit that one of my favorite track or but favorite I, I, album. I, I really started listening to Fear Factory and Soul of a New Machine. Like, I mean, it was it was before they were. Yeah, Demanufacture, one of my top ten albums of all time. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore that album. Everything is perfect about it: the songwriting, the production, the mechanics behind the, all the the sound effects. Even the least. artwork on that was everything yeah. about that album yeah. is amazing. And we're going to play a track from the new Fear Factory later, which harkens back to that that first time I heard Demanufacture, and the first time I heard this new album, I'm like, wow, this is it. They finally they finally recaptured that that moment Burton yeah. and Dino reunited yeah with Reese Field great come on great come on all I know right. those names what's up <laughs> I know those names all right um, I, we've had Dino on this show here before on on the last album so I, I would love to do another interview with him say what what has changed with the band uh, I would like to find out yeah apparently um, I'm, they were here last week in, in Houston I missed the show but I heard a couple of people that Loved the show. They said, "I've seen Burton many, many times with Fear Factory, and sometimes his voice is not how how do we, how do you want to say uh, good at all, horrible." <laughs> Last time we saw them was uh, Megadeth was maybe like two ish years ago. His voice was horrible, but uh, actually, I listened to another local podcast called the Intcast, and they were talking about the show, and they said that Burton was spot on that night. Maybe they mentioned maybe it was it was only like the third or fourth show in the tour, and his maybe his voice wasn't shot yet. But yeah, I don't know. I I adore the new album. But we'll get to that. 
Um, so what's the the first heavy heavy thing you're like? Wow, this is something I don't want my mom to know I listen to. Satyricon. Yeah. Probably. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a week to right into it. Yeah, I mean. I didn't even know what the fuck I was listening to. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is definitely dark, but it, it, it draws me to it. I love it. What about you? What was your first? Okay, my mom cannot know I listened to this album. Oh, well, I mean, I, mean, I even feel guilty listening to Bon Jovi. My first exposure to rock music was Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet. I my but you know what it was it was because I was in I, we went to we would go to California on vacation all the time to visit my relatives and my my cousin um my, all these girl cousins and my dad's sister um has like eight daughters and, and two of them was in the metal back in the eighties in the middle of the eighties like they, they I, I remember they teased their hair and everything but in one of like, they keep they kept Aquanut in, in business yeah yeah and so I remember one of the rooms um one of the girls had Bon Jovi and posters up and stuff. And I saw at their house a Bon Jovi music video, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's fun, that's cool." And then the girl in the next room had um, a Megadeth poster there for, uh, uh, I think it was for Peace Cells. Yeah. And it was just that epic shot of just you know the planes bombing, the UN yeah. building, and everything. And that image stuck with me. I didn't hear Megadeth until a little bit later. But I always remember the image going like, whoa, that's really cool. And feeling like I couldn't tell my mom about it or I couldn't show her or anything. And that was the first time it lodged in my mind. And then so I was into I, – I, through Bon Jovi, I started listening to Guns N' Roses because my brother was here seeing them on MTV. I was a big Skid Row fan back in the day during that time. I got – yeah, yeah. I was actually went to a Bon Jovi concert just to see Skid Row. Oh, really? We left <laughs> when Bon Jovi started playing because we couldn't stand that shit. Right. And like we went to those like – hotel that was near the summit somewhere i don't know how we got there and some old dude gave us beer first time i ever had beer i'm like it was a weird night yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean guns and roses looking was, back that was probably not it was probably pretty bad to do that i guess but yeah i think guns and roses well no no <laughs> don't I, you're not recommending that your young listeners uh, take no. beer from strangers if you're a young listener and you no. just leave a skid row concert do not go drink beer from by the pool by dude from, outside of skid row exactly no. do not do that <laughs> yeah, and then after that it was like metallica i got into the black album was the first metallica album i heard that was the first album you heard from metallica yeah it was the first one i understand man uh, i remember the first through my cousins through those same cousins how old are you getting? i'm sorry uh, you're, you're, I know you're younger than me. So you're about eight, nine years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah, about eight years. Yeah. Ish. I don't want to give away too much, but. Yeah, so I was. I remember waiting in line at midnight to pick up the black album. It's talking about the long cardboard sleeve, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. This blackness. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, vividly having. I, I had the cassette. I just had cassettes at that time, and I would get like. And then the, the really big moment for me came when I heard. Uh, Megadeth. Yeah. And I got a copy of Megadeth's uh, um, Euthanasia on cassette. Was that your first Megadeth album? That was 95, right? That was right? the first one I owned, but the first thing I ever heard of Megadeth was Symphony of Destruction on MTV. Okay. So that's what stuck in my mind. is like, oh, Megadeth, or anything with Megadeth. And that's what, that Megadeth kicked the doors open. And I was I was kind of I grew up with hair metal and Bon Jovi and Tessa. As and all we all, things. everybody gets in the metal. Right, they were my they have push. That. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. But the thing that made me realize that I was into the like the 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 kind of menacing image of it and the menacing lyrics and everything was was Megadeth. 
yeah. and Metallica came, came with it, and they they went together. And there was a time I think when I was a bigger Metallica fan. Can than I, a Megadeth? Let fan, me ask but. you both of you guys this question. I am a I am a big Megadeth fan. Yeah, and there you got to admit Metallica was back in the day. They're the reason why heavy metal is as popular as it is now. Yeah, yeah. But if you had a choice, who do you like better, Megadeth or Metallica? Megadeth. I'm I'm on board with you. Just because, um, yeah, yeah. Megadeth. I think I think Dave Mustaine is a better songwriter. Yeah, he's they're 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 catchy at the same time as being brutal. Not brutal like in the you know like Cannibal Corpse brutal, but the the tenacity of the band of the of the the music. Well, Megadeth was an awakening for me because Dave Mustaine and Marty Friedman together they were doing like yeah. very, very ultra melodic stuff on guitar that Metallica wasn't really getting that close to, and they and that was kind of triggering these things within me like oh I really like when they do like really melodic guitar solo parts or like I like that part in Tornado of Souls and, yes. and like I like all these and I like the freneticness of it and I like the viciousness of one the one of my top singing. 10 albums is of course Rust in Peace like I think Dave Mustaine honestly if I think about it like he's kind of responsible for me to kind of get into extreme metal vocals because his vocals were very unorthodox and I realized like well I, I actually like the way this guy they're sings. harsh people, and, people and different he, like, yeah like people make fun of the way he sings but I think it's perfect for it it fits the music I think it fits the music perfectly yeah I, I can't imagine Megadeth was any kind of different vocalist. No, no. I don't know. Like, so, well, there was a big thing question. With I didn't really fans. answer your question. Yeah, what's your question? What's like, your answer? I'm sorry. I mean, I, for me, I think it would be Metallica. Like, okay. just because I had access to a lot more Metallica as a kid, I, I listened to Metallica on repeat over and over and over again, and I didn't really listen to enough Megadeth to develop that passion for it. I will, I will admit kid. that. Okay, so. The early Metallica album, the first two Metallica albums are really good. Master Puppets is really good. The first couple Megadeth albums, I don't know. There, some of them, they don't really live up to those early Metallica. Well, Killing of My Business is shaky, but Peace Cells. Peace Cells, well, yes, Peace Cells, okay. You can say is a, is a magic. It's a little bit shaky if you're not used to that style. But in retrospect, I think Peace Cells is just like, it's a good punky Megadeth album. Their masterpiece I think, yeah. is Rust in Peace. Oh, yeah. Clearly. That's... That's their mold. It's where they everything locked in. That's like a top five album. For that's like that's uh, when you talk about Rust in Peace, you're talking about maybe arguably one of the greatest metal albums in the top five. In, yes. in overall, I oh, think. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, one I mean, of my one of my most favorite moments of MSR cast in the past ten years was just recently when I got to moderate the panel at Comic Palooza with David fucking Elves. Yeah. That was a surreal out of the out of the mind out of the body experience for me. Yeah. It was just like just like meeting Kevin Smith last week was. That's how I was <laughs> sitting on that stage, and I looked over at one point, and I'm just like, "How the fuck am I here?" Yeah, David fucking Ellison sitting next to me, looking me in the eye, answering my questions in front of an audience of people. Yeah, it was the most surreal moment in my career. I think it was yeah. really cool though. <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about Megadeth and Metallica, like almost comparing them like that's what a lot of metal podcasts end up doing <laughs> at some point but like but here's the thing I think you have a, it's interesting because you say Metallica I think sometimes when I think about Metallica's no one's gonna question those early Metallica albums and their greatness you're an idiot if you question them because like they when they went high and they touched greatness they touched greatness like Master of Puppets is unbelievably flawless yeah. and maybe you can say Megadeth never got quite as high although I, I think Rust in Peace did yep I just think that, like, yeah, Metallica touched greatness 
a few times early on, but Megadeth was consistently better over the longer run of their yes. career. I even think- when they, even okay, I hate to say it like this, but even when Megadeth sort of went a little trendy and sold out a little bit, they were still better than what Metallica was trying to do. Streamlined their sound, yeah, and kind of streamlined their thrashy tendencies away and went more. Yeah, 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 trendy. Where the money was. I don't see where the trend they, is. <laughs> they, uh, no, no, no. You got to agree with me here. Because, because they because saw, when they were chasing the they trends, saw the black their sales album. went down. I know, but they saw a black album. They're right. like, well, look how fucking well okay, that did for Metallica. They were chasing Metallica. that trend, yeah. They were chasing that. They yeah. were looking to do that. That's where, and they put out some fucking great albums too. Yeah. Euthanasia. Uh, Countdown. Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. Fucking great album. And But they were still, they were trying to... To, to reach what Metallica was doing. Yeah, I think you could... I see, think they did yeah. it better, but... Yeah, like Cryptic Writings was a very, like, accessible, catchy, hooky record. And then they did shit like Risk. That like, was like, going too far, was yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Wow. But even in their failures, they were interesting. Risk was a interesting failure of an album, <laughs> you know? Don't title your fucking album Risk when you know it's a big risk for wow. you. Wow, yeah. <laughs> we can't... Why are we talking about Megadeth? I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> So let's talk about thrash. So, um, what are some of your favorite thrash bands from that era? Um, for me, it was uh, it was Megadeth at number one, but then I was always uh, fond of um, uh, Metal Church. Yes, and I was always fond of uh, Flotsam and Jetsam. And uh, um, damn it, what am I what am I tripping on this here? I don't know. Why are you tripping? Uh, suicidal Tendencies in the early 90s was a big deal for me. I am a huge fucking Suicidal Tendencies yeah. fan. <laughs> I love really. that band, man. I do too. I yeah. really do. But you know, I, I think with Suicidal Tendencies, there was this like, that was just me reaching for like, ah, anything I can find. At that point, I was just like, I was a vacuum. Anything I could find, I would listen to. And some people, and some bands would affect me more than others. Metal Church was a big deal for me. I yes. think The Dark is one of my favorite albums, I think, of that Blessing era. Blessing in Disguise. Blessing in Disguise was great, but I think The Dark is just one of those, the fury of I, I love of fucking dark. Mike Howe. He's one of my favorite vocalists, and he's yeah. so underrated, and, and he's back in the band. They have a new album coming out, and they actually recover, uh, re-recorded, I can't think of what song it was. Um, I don't remember. See, I feel like I missed out. You did miss out. I missed out, because... Okay, you got, okay Testament. Yeah, I love, I've always loved fucking Exodus. Testament. I never really heard any Exodus. Anthrax. I was always shaky yeah. on Exodus. I like Exodus. Don't get me wrong. They're okay. The thing was, <laughs> I grew up I grew up in rural Oklahoma. Okay. And, you know, it was all, you know, Christian, white, you know, non-metal appreciating people. I didn't have any friends that were into, like, hard music like I was. And so, like, the only things I could get were what I could buy in front of my mom at Target. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or Walmart. I mean, I, my options were severely limited as a kid. So, like, the mainstream stuff was mostly what I got to hear. And, and all these I other bands that. that are, like, amazing now, now that I'm older and I hear them finally, uh, I feel like I really missed the boat on a lot of stuff. Like, hearing uh, sucks. hearing Annihilator for me, like, oh, in, the, in yeah. the early 90s, I got to hear Fucking Annihilator. Fucking Never Neverland. And that was really a big deal. Yeah, and I was, I, was, I was also exposed to Merciful Fate early on, but I didn't really... I don't think I recognized who I they think, were. I think this is we're we're looking at a specialty episode right here, early '90s thrash metal. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of underrated bands too that from that era that people just don't know about. But I think for me, the big seismic shift in my metal listening habits it happened when because all, all that stuff was relatively above ground, like metal wise. Like, okay, if you're into metal, you know about these bands. 
And for me, the big marker happened when I heard um, uh, Blind Guardian, the first Blind Guardian song I ever heard. What was the first song you ever heard? Lord of the Rings was a ballad. And that was, it was this, it was being played on an internet radio station in like 98 or something, like hard radio. No, it was at like 97 or something. Yeah. No, 98, never, 98. It was on hardradio.com. This site doesn't exist anymore, but. Um, I remember that site. No, they, yeah. they were like the first metal radio station on the line. I used to visit the forums all the time. Oh, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I loved that website. I, I learned so much from there. And, and um, they played that song, and I remember listening to it. And it was just like one of those moments where it's like, this is something I've been waiting to hear my entire life. And like, I knew they were talking about like Tolkien-ish things, and I was a big Lord of the Rings kid growing up. And it just kind of triggered something in me. And I started researching this band, and they had n- virtually nothing on them on the line back then. But I found out they were from Germany. And that's the only thing I could find out. They, I went to the Virgin Records. They were signed to a Virgin Records in Germany, a major label. I remember thinking it was incredible that a metal band could be signed to like a major label like that, like a, the band that sounded like this. And um, I couldn't find any of their albums. It took me until like uh, 2000 before I was able to actually grab an album. But uh, when that happened, I realized. Which of the album with Into the Storm? Yeah, that was Nightfall. Nightfall. Nightfall was the first album released in the United States. Yes. In 98, yeah. That's the one that first came out of me into it because I was at a Milwaukee Metal Fest. Um, 99 yeah yeah and I got I got uh, handed like a promo CD from Nuclear Blast mm. and that was it for me yeah because that was 98 was when Century um, or when yeah it was like Century Media had agreed to release a few Blind Guardian albums to yeah, kind of test exactly. the waters yeah. exactly right and um, but it was still hard to get music back then you had to mail order everything and I had to like I had to kind of like look around to find a place to get them and eventually I just buckled down saved up some money and mail ordered this shit you know to me <laughs> So, so I, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that hearing Blind Guardian made me realize, oh, all the bands I've been listening to have been American bands because I've been so obsessed with the San Francisco scene. And now I realize across the water, it's not just Iron Maiden, which who were a big influence on me growing up anyway. It's other bands. And I have to look towards European, like, mainland, continent. And there's bands over there. There's metal bands I haven't even heard of. And I would always look at metal magazines and look at these names and go, I don't recognize any of these names. No, 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 no. You know, and then I, go, I, I would make a point to, to pick up Metal Maniacs or something, look through the band. I'm like, oh, that band looks interesting. And I would fucking write down the band name and, okay, I'm going to go check them out. Well, see, that's in, when I heard Blind Guardian, it made me, like, I went to my stack of magazines in the corner and I was like looking for anything on Blind Guardian. And I started, everything that I had been ignoring started to pop up at me like, yeah all these interesting bands I've been just kind of skirting past these these issues and now I'm like reading about them going okay this band I need to find out about this band yes. and then I had this long ass written list on a piece of paper yeah. like okay Iced Earth okay uh, or this band Emperor okay Demu Borgir Cradle Filth everything opened up from Blind Guardian and it just transformed me as a metal fan I was all like from Central Media I just realized like and I start. that's when I started ordering I would order like hundreds of dollars worth of albums at the same time to save on shipping costs like I'd, I'd like order like 10 CDs at once and like spend like $150 just unbelievable amounts of money I spent on metal at that from that like from then on to like maybe like 8 years later I was still spending money on nothing wrong on with metal. that yeah. yeah let's go ahead and get into uh, Blind Guardian yeah um, this is the first song I heard by them so yeah. this is the thing that started everything this is the first the song madness. you're going to hear by them tonight yep this is the only song you're going to hear by song. them tonight yeah. So this is uh, Lord of the Rings from Tales from the Twilight World. Mm-hmm. What year was this album? 91. 91. Wow. 
Yep. So let's get into a little blind guardian. They're coming to town soon, aren't they? November. It's going to be the uh, night to remember. Uh, I see what you did. It's, you, the you day, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Like, that's that's all the reason in the oh, yeah, world. That's <laughs> right. I know what you're thankful <laughs> yeah. for. We're thankful for Blind Guardian. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Cast. Congratulations, you guys are doing awesome stuff. Thanks very much, man. Bye. Hi, this is Clinton calling from Comedy Forecast at ComedyForecast.com. Congratulating you guys on your 10th anniversary. This is awesome. 
awesome for the MSR cast, awesome for all the listeners, awesome. Matter of fact, one of the best things about it is that now you are eligible for the all the perks of having a show go 10 years. I know because I also have a show that has gone for 10 years, and I have been told that there are all sorts of amazing things that go with it. I have absolutely no idea what they are because no one has actually gotten in touch with me. They promised me real soon. I'll find out what they are. When I find out, I'll be sure to pass it along to you, Gary. So, again, congratulations for everybody involved with the show. Your listeners have been awesome to you. You've been awesome to them. And congratulations. It's Craig Price with Reality Check. I just wanted to say congratulations on your 10 years. That's amazing for a podcast, considering that apparently everyone thinks podcasts started two years ago. So you guys were definitely ahead of the game. I appreciate you having me on as guest and look forward to 10 more years, at least, minimum. Have a good one. Hey, this is Ginsters Alexis of Project Armageddon. Just wanted to call and congratulate you on 10 years with MSR Cast and Metal Geeks. Doom on. Hello, everybody there from Kerry Gordon and MSR Cast. This is the Herminator, better known as one of the DJ voices from the Sweet Nightmare Show on KPFT 90.1 FM. I want to congratulate MSR Cast for doing 10 years, man, just 10 years of, of great, great interviews and great music and stuff with uh, lots of killer, killer people. You can go back on the history and look it up. It's no lie. So thank you guys for including me in this uh, little thank you uh, for the 10 year history. And I hope uh, you guys continue on for another 10 years, 20, 30, whatever it is that you guys want. And always remember, keep it metal. Thank you guys once again. Congratulations on 10 years. Keep it going strong and keep it metal. Bye. Gary, this is Chris Forbes from Metalcore Fantasy. And I'd like to wish you and your show for having 10 metal years going on strong and keeping the underground alive. Here's to having 10 more years in your podcast show and keep playing the heaviest, the most devastating, the fastest, and the most brutalist metal on planet Earth. And, damn it, stop saying balls. <laughs> Don't be George. Um, That's in George's honor. <laughs> right. Uh, we just heard... We just took a trip. Yeah. To Tolkien land. Yes. A la Blind Guardian. Yeah. But a la Germany. Yep. It's a lot better than the songs in the books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the movies. Or the movies. <laughs> Dear God, yes, in the movies. Yeah. Well, the movies aren't bad. No, they're fine. No, the movies are fine, just the songs. Oh, yeah. You remember the animated ones? Yeah. Oh, God. Like, the Hobbit? <laughs> yeah. The, the the Bakshi version? Oh, it's horrible. Mm. All right. We're not going there. Uh, we just listened to um, Lord of the Rings yep. from Blind Guardian from the album Tales from the Twilight World. 1990, that album came out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that lyric, uh, Slow Down and I Sail on the River, it's so evocative to me when I first heard it. I was just like, like yeah, everything about this band I have to find out about now. And the first Blind Guardian album I ended up getting was Nightfall. Mm-hmm. And then soon after, Imaginations. And those albums just ripped was me apart. Wasn't Nightfall a straight concept album about The Silmarillion, yeah. 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 And at the time, like I, that's the one Tolkien book I couldn't tackle 
Silmarillion is a hard book to read. It's like mm-hmm. reading the Bible. And so I was like, oh, I love this album. And I have to, I think I have to force myself to read the Silmarillion. So I proceeded to force myself <laughs> to read the Silmarillion. It took me forever to get through it. And it's dense, isn't it? It's dense. It's hard. It's, it covers like, like millennia, like multiple millennia of history. Like maybe, actually like maybe like tens of thousands I never, of years. I never finished it. I read about half of it and then I just said well, I'm done. Well, because of Blind Guardian, I can probably say I've read that book like 12 times now. Wow. Right. Where it's just, it's an annual thing for me. Like around the winter time, I'll start reading it and I'll get through it pretty easily. Now I just kind of know, okay, I, like, this is the way that the pacing is here. This is the way the pacing is here. If you can get through it once... What I recommend is you go on Spotify and this whoever I don't know how they managed to get this up there. They have the entire unabridged audiobook of the Silmarillion up on Spotify. You can just listen to it, hmm. and it's like one of the, like the best productions you can possibly imagine. It has like this very uh, regal British guy reciting it with all these sparse sound effects and stuff. It's really good. This has been MSR Cast Book Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> book chat. Book MSR chat. Cast. <laughs> Yeah, Blind We're Guardian. We're going to an NPR show next. If yeah, we're not careful. In, in hushed voices. Okay, the next track that we're going to listen to is My Sweaty Balls. <laughs> All right, so. Um, what does that sound like? You want to know? <laughs> Squeak? I don't know. I'm glad we're never too serious on this fucking show. No. Yeah. Okay, so. We've done it before on the show where we've taught, we've, we've compared bands to ice cream. We have Justin here. We need to compare bands to comic books. Mm. This would be a fun little segment. Okay. This is this is a great anniversary present to me. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's talk about it. What comic book would Metallica be comparable to? They're trendy. Everybody likes them. I want to say Spider Man. Well, I, I would say there's yeah, there's some massively popular. I want to say Spider Man. You sort of you sort of have to like them, even if you They're don't. They're not as threatening. Uh, I would say Fantastic Four. No, They're massively no. popular, but they fell out of favor in the later years. Oh, hey, well, okay. Hey, yeah. There you go. And they have horrible movies. Yes, There's four of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Metallica and Fantastic Four all have horrible movies. Yeah. Okay, I can see your point. Who would Spider Man be then? If it's not. Metallica. Non-threatening. You know, he's not a very offensive superhero. He's not a very threatening superhero. He's kind of light and jovial. Yeah. He's uh, eternal. <laughs> Ozzy? I don't know. <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. Is Spider-Man? Know. Yeah. You think so? Dio is Spider-Man. Because it's all about fantastic stuff and, and the the adventure. Hmm. And the responsibility. Yeah. The power. Yeah. All right. All right. I can, I'll, I'll give you that one. Anthrax? The easy dirt. one to say is <laughs> is dirty. Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is kind of the easy one to say. Yeah, yeah. I gotta give you that. Okay, all right, all right. This is this is okay. What else? Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, shit. Long, enduring, epic, all the time, epic. Batman. I was about to say Batman too. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit epic, but dark at the same time. Dark, yeah, yeah, and in exciting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Both have a guy named Bruce. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Symmetry. Bruce. Yeah, the Bruce. The Bruce is what's sealing it. Yeah. All right, Demi Borgir. 
The Mew Borgir. I don't know. That's crossing into some interesting territory. It's not going to be a mainstream comic, that's for sure. Are we going to the graphic novel territory here? I think we're going with something from like Avatar Press, like Crossed 100 or God is Dead or like some some very fucked up, bloody, full of evil, but not always kind of stuff. So Avengers. What metal band is the fucking Avengers? This has turned into a weird conversation. I like it. <laughs> the Avengers. It has to be a super group, right? It has to be, yeah. I would What's the best super group? There is no best super group. The problem with super groups is they always suck. They're always worse <laughs> than the bands they <laughs> came from, good. I know. Like uh audio slave or something? <laughs> I don't know. No. They're not metal. Um The Damn Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> the damn Yankees. Actually, Black Sabbath probably is the best. Uh, Black Sabbath, yeah. Because so many people from that went on to do their own things they, that were very successful. They both have a song. Kind of, kind of a reverse Iron, Avengers. Iron Man. Yeah. Black Sabbath did a song called Iron Man. Yeah. Symmetry. It's it's probably the closest one. Yeah. Okay. What about Megadeth? Well, so who did we say Metallica was? Metallica is um, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Fantastic Four. So maybe Megadeth would be um, what is the what is the opposite of the fantastic? What is the like the the parallel to that? The, unfan- the closest, the closest, the fantastic four. <laughs> no, the closest one would probably be the X Men. Like the Megadeth original, is the X Men. The original X Men. I, I could kind of see that. They're mutants. Okay. <laughs> Although I guess you could say Gore. <laughs> Give them the X Men title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Justice League. Megadeth would be the Justice League, right? No. Oh. Do you think so? Like, is there DC to... It doesn't matter which company, but... I think in Megadeth Metallica's case, it would. Always opposing each other. Opposing uh, opposing teams, that's right. (laughs) Hmm. Well, Justice League was more of an answer to to Avengers. I don't really know if DC had a a parallel to Fantastic Four. Hmm. I mean, there was like Teen Titans... Uh, it's not really a fair comparison. No, no. Teen really. Titans would be Cradle of Filth, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite because because Danny Filth is short. And, and I know. I just for whatever reason, my mind those two go together. No, I see that. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I'll give you that one. Hmm. Wow. Magnus, a hard one to tackle. And this is where the conversation ends. Yeah. Right. We've come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Back. Do you have Magnus. any ideas? Send it to msrcast at gmail.com. We will discuss this on a further episode. Yeah. This is something that we need to touch. This is fun. All right. So speaking of bands that really influenced me and got me into music, we talked a little bit about Among the Living. We talked about my my experience with Persistence of Time. And I think Anthrax is that first band that I really grew to just be a mega fan of just a super nerd about everything about their career yeah it was that band for me was anthrax Mm -hmm. yeah clearly uh not so much anymore i mean i really listen like listen to i like them yeah i don't listen to as much as i used to yeah yeah when the new shit comes out it's it fucking blows my mind but like the song they had from the game of thrones soundtrack this year yeah that was great a great fucking track man but i had to go with something from Among the Living and when I heard that when I first heard that album it really pulled me in I was like man 
this is what I want. I want thrash metal. Yeah. And I want geeky fucking thrash metal. Right, yeah. And there's nobody better than Anthrax to, to fill that void. Yeah. So the track that I picked is I Am The Law. I Am The Law. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I've always been a Judge Dredd fan because of this fucking song. Yeah. That's the reason I like the character is because of Anthrax. Right. I mean, this album also had songs based on like Stephen King novels and, and all kinds of geeky things. So. Yeah. Um, and probably people say it's their best album. I don't know if I agree with that one, but it is a very classic 80s, late 80s thrash album, and it deserves to be in the, the high echelon of those albums, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's not my favorite Anthrax album. Right. What's your favorite Anthrax album? I was a big fan of the John Bush era, and that was actually the first Anthrax album I bought was the one... Found a lot noise? No, no, no. It was the one after that. Stomp um, 442. Yes. Yep. Not my favorite album. Yeah, that was the first one I actually bought. <laughs> my, I, I have to admit that my favorite Anthrax album is Sound of White Noise with John Bush. Yeah. I mean, I'm number not, two yeah. is Among the Living, but number one is Sound of White Noise. Yeah. Absolutely fucking love that album. Yeah. I don't know why we're not playing something from that album instead, but whatever. <laughs> you should take it up with the guy who runs the show. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. That guy doesn't know what he's fucking doing. Uh, it's already written on the screen there. <laughs> oh my God. I, can't, I don't want to have to retype something. So we're just going to go with this track. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into I Am The Law from Anthrax. This is from 1987, Among the Living. And we will play the remastered version because it remastered. Why not? Yeah. Let's get into it. We'll be right back.
This is Tony. And this is James. And we are the Surly Nerd. You've been rocking out to MSRcast for 10 face-melting years. Happy anniversary, MSRcast, and here's to 100 more years of rocking our faces off. Be, Be excellent, excellent to, to one, one another. another. What's up, metalheads? This is Sully from the Nerd Food Podcast. I just want to take a minute to congratulate the guys at MSR Podcast on an amazing accomplishment. 10 years? You've set the bar really high, and now the rest of us podcasters slash mere humans have something to strive for. At some point, aren't you guys just going to run out of things to talk about? Let's hope not. Stay metal and remember, nerds unite. Hey, MSR cast. This is Johnny from the Warpod. I want to congratulate you guys on your 10-year anniversary. Uh, I've only been podcasting for two years, and I was just realizing that that is five times the amount of years I've been podcasting, you guys have been podcasting. That's a long time. I I did the math, and if you guys, in real life, like five times my age, you guys would be like 145 years old. That's a that's a that's pretty old. Not th- not that it's relevant. I was just saying. Um, anyway, congratulations on your 10 years. Um, here's another 10. Hey, this is Victor from the Mars Attacks podcast and from Earpeeler.com, and I want to congratulate the MSR cast for their 10-year anniversary. What a great, great milestone. Hopefully one day I will be able to reach the same with my show, and that just shows the dedication that you guys have had all these years to such great, hard, heavy, and underground music as you guys have from a former... Uh, Mark Striegel radio stream member to another. Just nothing but congrats and, and mad love to you guys, right? Be well. All hail mainstream resistance. This is Wendy Jasper Martinez from KNAC Radio and Magazine, Rivethead Magazine in Houston, and CrypticRock.com. I have known Carrie and the Mainstream Resistance crew for nearly 20 years. What could possibly be said that hasn't been said before about how great Mainstream Resistance is? It does not seem like it's been 10 years since MSR cast has been on the airwaves and sharing the best of metal and geekdom with everyone out there. Happy anniversary. You are doing a great service for the metal community. We love you. Hails. Welcome back to MSR Cast, and I am your co-host. Whoa, who are you, man? Uh, you know, who in the fuck am I? I don't know. What are you what doing here? What am I here? doing here? How did I get here? How did you get here? <laughs> Welcome back to the show, man. Everybody clap. Yay. I'll clap myself here. So let's welcome a uh, former co-host of this very here podcast, John Michael, to our anniversary edition of MSRcast. Well, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here, man. So how, how have you been? How, how, what's been going on with you, man? Well, I moved to Maryland, and uh, basically I've been working my ass off. Uh, <laughs> I, I became a locksmith and, uh, you know... Kind of took over my life. That's that's pretty metal, I say. Yeah, yeah. Working with metal every day. That's right. <laughs> you should see some of the metal I f- fucking destroy. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah, and and also I've been doing some other creative stuff. Like uh, I've been writing a comic, and um, should be out hopefully in the next couple weeks. That so. is awesome, man. Yeah. So let everybody know what we heard. Do you know? I actually don't because I don't have any spreadsheet, but that's okay. 
So, like what we what did earlier it? on the show, this is this is the part of the show. Um, I, I guess it's been ten years, and I guess I wanted to do something special. So, first of all, we brought you back, and second of all, I wanted to sort of explain and let everybody know where our metal roots basically came from. And one of the first metal bands that I ever got into was, of course, Anthrax. That's why I have this Not Man tattoo on my arm. It's, I don't, you know, truthfully, I don't listen to them as much as I used to because I've sort of, I, I don't know what, I don't know what that's all about, but I really Burn, don't. You burned out on them. Oh, your taste I just changes get older. They shaved the bush off. They did oh, shave yeah. the bush. They shaved the bush. That's a big one. Speaking of the bush, New Armored Saint is a pretty badass, though. <laughs> that was a good album. Yes, really we didn't is. talk about that nearly enough on that. No. no. Uh, but yeah, one of the, the one of the very first heavy metal albums that I really listened to, um, I was like twelve or thirteen, was Among the Living from Anthrax. It, it that's the first al- album that really just pulled me in and grabbed me. But and I remember um, persistence of time, man. I was so looking forward to that album. And me and my buddy Scott, who is no longer with me, who just, who did the logo for Mainstream Resistance, actually, we are we're sitting in the back of my parents' station wagon. Listening to Z Rock on this little crappy tape recorder, waiting for them to premiere the new song from Persistence of Time. Jesus. And they finally played That's Got awesome. the Time. We're like, wait a minute, that was it? That was too short. <laughs> yeah. Well, as as for as far as me for my my metal roots, yeah. man, my sister actually is the one who got me into metal, and she is so far from metal. Um, she was dating these guys back in the uh, the eighties, probably like. 87, 88 is around the time I actually started learning about it. And um, I remember going through her tape collection. She had Slayer. She had Anthrax and all kinds of crazy shit. But what really stuck with me was um, it was Persistence of Time as well. My brother actually had the album uh, or a CD of it. And he bought this kick-ass stereo system and he hated for me to even get anywhere near it. But every time he would go to work, because I was in school while he was working, um, I would blast Persistence of Time. And uh, that was probably the album that really sunk me in. But from there, it just kind of turned into even more angrier music throughout my time. And it's kind of reflective. Now, thinking back on it, uh, a lot of moments in my life have been very reflective uh, as far as the style that I end up listening to, it's kind of bizarre. But like right now, I'm I'm very happy. I'm super laid back, and I'm listening to like the Sword. You know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> oh yeah, local Austin guys actually right there. Oh man, I love that band. The and, new album's um, really really good. If you haven't heard it, Sean. Oh yeah, dude, it starts off like nothing that they've ever done <laughs> yeah. before. I had I had to double check and make sure I was actually listening to them. <laughs> It's it's actually a really good album, and um, and of course, Ghost is one of my favorite bands that I've been listening to right now. Um, kind of in the same I've genre. Heard, I've heard that about the new the new Ghost album that it's uh, you know once you get past the the gimmick of the band, it's a really good album. But yeah. I don't know if I've gotten to that point yet. It's you know what, man. I was have, I was having this conversation on Instagram with somebody, and they don't like the old ghost. And um, for me, it was more the opposite. I, I kind of like the old ghost a lot better. Yeah, the 
the new album sounds like they're playing right in front of a, a mega church. It's really awesome. And one of the things that I thought was really cool about it is they actually had a fucking harp on it. Really? Yeah, there's one track. I think it's like 90 seconds long, and it's just of a harp playing. It's awesome. Do, do we know who is in the band yet? No, there's a lot of speculation on who it is. Um, I, I've heard from somebody pre, uh, a couple of years ago saying that it was one of the um, a relative of um, one of the guys in Mastodon, and um, what was the other Repugnant, which is a death metal band. Yeah. They're saying that's the the person who fronts that is actually Papa, but I don't know. They got a new Papa though, right? They think they replaced the singer or something. No, that's the gimmick, man. Oh. They. Basically, it's the same person. Every single time they put on the album, he progresses as a different pope of sorts, just like the pope of first, second, third, fourth, so forth. Oh, okay. The black smoke and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz, yeah. Wow. So it's kind of cool. I haven't actually listened to it yet, so. They're extremely gimmicky, and that's honestly what's selling it. You know, I mean, the sound is nothing new. They're not doing anything innovative. It's just, you know, it's kind of like, Modern day merciful fate without the falsettos. You know? I, I, yeah, I got really old merciful fate. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult reminds me of just the production sound of it. One of the oh, dude, their last album that they put out, they actually said that they were listening to the Beach Boys, the pet sounds <laughs> as a uh, reference. That's a good album, though. I gotta admit, yeah, it's not metal, and you can but hear it. <laughs> it's it's, it's it, very raw and very um, acoustic y, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they also put out an EP and they cover ABBA. And if you listen to that EP and then listen... You made Sean like, smile on that one. Yeah. He likes him some ABBA. Well, dude, yeah. They <laughs> they basically... They channel ABBA almost, in almost every song. It's pretty cool. Wow. Huh. Sean's like, I like that. Yeah. Sean likes yeah. anything... Do, any, any band from Sweden is on his list. I'm all about ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of I geeked on Ghost there for a little bit. You know, I, I mean, I've been listening to other things too. Like, uh, I have heard the brand new Abigail Williams already. It's actually they literally just posted it on their Facebook page. Oh yeah, I, I heard it last week. It's it's fucking good. That's a band that you know keeps on breaking up and coming back together and changing their and changing sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, this new one, um, you know, make sure you check it out after you you know get off the show and everything. But uh, they just they just posted the new album. And that's called The Accuser. Uh, really, really good. They actually bring in the vocalist from Twilight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. It's a, And they actually have some former members of um, Nock Mitzium in the band now. Huh. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. But that's kind of where I've been. Kind of, I mean, it's really nice now that I'm a locksmith. Um, I'm in a van all the time, so... I'm listening to all kinds of shit. Do Something you, that I didn't get to do on my last job. Do you ever just sit there and park your van down by the river and jam some metal? You know what? <laughs> I do that on my lunch break. I do, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I find a van down a, by the river. Park. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't really work out when I park my white van by school. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cops come up to you for some reason, don't they? Yeah. No, it's, uh, but I really, it's really. Yeah, all cool. I wanted to do was give him candy, officer. That's it. Really, just candy and metal. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, but it's it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, when I I was when I was working on my other job, I was there for like 
four years, I guess, and I couldn't ever listen to anything I wanted to listen to. Everybody was listening in the top 40, and I think I listened, I mentioned that when I was hosting Metal Geeks with you before, that, you know, I could never really listen to anything because it was never something I was allowed to do. But now it's like endless, so I'm going through all kinds of discographies. Nice. It's yeah. it's nice to have that openness to listen to whatever the fuck you want to when you're at work. Oh my god! Yeah, I know it's, I do it because I don't I don't bring a lot of music with me. I I I still utilize Spotify to the nth degree while I'm at work because the band I want to listen to it's probably there. I don't have yeah. to you know worry about it. You know what I mean? Even though I know yeah. the bands don't get paid and all that kind of crap. Yeah, you know, that's that's a topic for another show. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just a couple of uh, albums to rattle off that I've been listening to. Um, the new Byzantine I thought was fantastic. This guy's kind of been working their asses off for the last decade, and they never really got anywhere uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but they've been kicking some ass. Uh, it's really awesome. Uh, I've also been listening to the um, um, what you call it? God damn it! The new Iron Maiden Book of Soul, uh, Book of Souls. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole discussion on that one. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I probably won't be here for it, but it, it's uh, it's one of those albums, kind of like I wasn't super overly impressed with it, but I I I listened to it over and over and over again, kind of like in the background. It's weird. I let's, enjoy let's it. Just, but it's let's just go in into our discussion. Have you listened to it, Justin? Only thing I've heard is the title track. Okay, which I okay I didn't the title track or the the first single they put out. Uh, well, I'm, I guess it was the first single Speed when they did the light. video Speed for of Light. Speed of Light, yeah. yeah. So the first time I heard that song, I'm like, this is not a very good song. Second time, I'm like, oh, it's okay, typical, you know, No Prayer for the Dying, Iron Maiden right, error. Yeah. Now that song is so fucking catchy. Yeah. It's like, fuck. And they made the, they made that online video game. Have you played it yet? Not yet. Not the I video, did. I did. The, the, video, video the, game. the game is it's pretty crappy, but <laughs> I tried playing it on my phone the first time. I'm like, yeah, it does not work. But no, you the, have to play it on your PC. Yeah, man. but the eight-bit version of "Speed of Light" they play behind. I'm like, okay, this is a really catchy tune. Huh. Well, they were listening to Metal Geeks, and that's what they stole it from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man, so what, what's your overall? Let's let's go around the go around the table. Let's start with Justin. You've only heard the one song. I mean, does it make you want to listen to the rest of it? It's Iron Maiden, dude. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a good song. Uh, I haven't had a chance to check out the whole album yet, but. I enjoyed that one, so I'll probably be checking it out at some point. It's been a crazy busy summer. There's a lot of bands that have put out stuff, so I've been yeah. listening to a lot of new stuff already, so just haven't gotten Iron Maiden yet. I haven't picked up my actual physical copy, which I think I'll do this weekend. They have it at Best Buy. Apparently there's like a a Digibook or a special edition over there. Yeah, Digibook over there, yeah. yeah. I mean, it came out today. I mean, now out, yeah. international release dates, everything Friday. walks in on Friday. The fuck is that, man? Which is still, I'm still, I'm, I, you know. Star I'm, Wars or Iron Maiden, what do I do? It's really, it's taken, <laughs> it's taken a lot to get used to that. Yeah, I know exactly. Was today uh, Force Day or was it Iron Maiden Day? You right. Know, a little bit of both. Yeah. It's My Instagram a, told me it was all Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Good Morning America told us, too. So, Sean, let's get your opinion on the new Iron Maiden. I mean, uh, it's still developing because it's – this is my favorite band of all time. I'm going to like the album in general because it's Iron Maiden. I mean, I'll just I'll just admit that out front. But the thing is, to what degree will I like it compared to their other albums? And, I mean, it's just – it's two discs. It's the biggest album they've yeah. ever done. It's the longest period of time in between the last album to this album, five years – 
It's been that long. It's been that long. Wow. And it's just it's unprecedented in, in a couple of different ways. They have a piano song on there for one. Um, the 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 longest song is also the piano. That song. eighteen minute track. The eighteen minute track. The, the Bruce wrote by himself. Um, wow. There's a couple songs in here that Steve Harris has no part in writing. Um, that's pretty awesome. That's the first for Iron Maiden where just Harris is not on a track at all. Well, that's not a first, but it's a first in a long time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And um, and this, there's it's two discs and it's a 92 minute long album. Like I'm trying, I'm like listening to disc one separate from disc two, and I'm just trying to digest it all. But it's taking such a long time, and it's just, I, I have a feeling it's gonna be one of those albums where I like I know I'm hearing stuff in there that it's gonna pop out of me on the waiter listens. Where right. I, I hear it now and it's just like. There's so much music I can't discern individual elements, but over time it'll pop out, you know. The one song that stuck out to me that didn't really, you know, felt like it didn't fit on this album was "Tears of a Clown." It, I agree. It, it felt so. It feels so much like an, an, a Bruce Dickinson solo album. But song. it's interesting you're saying that because the actual Bruce Dickinson solo track that Steve Harris picked out from his de- from Bruce's demos yeah. was the very first song on the first disc. Um, I forgot the, what's the name of that if song. If Eternity Should Fail. That's the that's actually a song that he Bruce wanted to do for his next solo album. Really? Oh, yeah, I didn't wow. hear that. Yeah, and um, it's funny that I said that uh, Tears of a Clown sounds like a Bruce Dickinson solo album. It was actually co-written by Harris. Yeah, yeah, weird. <laughs> so weird. That's that's like my um, fucking mind's being blown. I know. Here. <laughs> what are you doing again to me? That's, a, that's actually a song about Robin Williams. They wrote that song about yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah, it's it's a sequel to Tears of a Dragon. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Tears of yeah. a Dragon Part Two would be most most welcome. It's a it's a really interesting Maiden album. Just like in terms of like when you look at the songwriting breakdown, yeah. like that's very atypical. That's unusual for Maiden to have that weird songwriting division there, where you have like two two Dickinson solo tracks there, like where he he's written everything. He he bookends it. If, yeah, the first track and the last end, the yeah. last track. And the Empire of the Clouds, that song reminds me of like uh, Bioshock Infinite. It's like yeah, that yeah, big yeah. cloud city type of, you know. And, and, and the piano build up to it. Yeah. And That's exactly what I was thinking. And it's just, it's a lot to deal with. It's an 18 minute long song. <laughs> the best song of the album for me right now is The Red and the Black. I was about to say The Red and Black. I oh, love it just that pops. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear that song live. Just like. And that's a Harris solo track too. So he's yes, still, Harris is. is still. All these people were clowning on Steve Harris about how he was like just meandering on a matter of life and death in the final frontier. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I he's, like both he's of those. Queerly, yeah. Well, those are great albums too, but he's clearly still the master of that particular do voice. You, do you feel that this album stands up to the best of Iron Maiden's albums? Well, let's say not, not in their entire catalog. Let's just say, say the last 10 years of albums. Yeah. Cause I mean, from, I'm one of those people who believe that when they came back with Bruce after with brave new world, that they've done subs- consistently, good work good to great work not everything's been perfect yeah but there's been weak spots in these albums but they've done good work and when people automatically just dismiss new maiden or post reunion maiden part of me is like where's your joy about metal first of all and then where is your spirit of wow this band that should have faded away is here being relevant putting new music forward I, i don't discredit them because there were some decent moments with the blaze era there no, wasn't a there lot were. of it, but there, there was a little bit. I mean, as a Maiden, me, I, I, like I was saying, I'm a Maiden fan. I like something about every album, even yeah. the Blaze albums. You know, but they're definitely lower down the list. They're with No Prayer for the Dying down there, you know? Whoa, and I, I like have that my, album a lot, dude. Well, yeah, I, there's parts of the album I like, but admittedly, that's one of their weaker overall albums. That, I think that album was the first time I'd ever seen them live in 1990. Oh, okay, yeah. So that was a very 
a great experience. It's a personal cause... album for you. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was. It was like one of my very first big metal shows ever. My mom dropped us off at the summit, which is unfortunately now the fucking Lakewood Church mm. bullshit. Yeah, but uh, it was a. Uh, it was Iron Maiden. Yeah, no Iron Maiden, no prayer for the dying, and Anthrax, Persistence of Time tour. First time I'd ever seen Anthrax in that kind of environment. Yeah, holy crap! It was one of those. I'm going to a heavy metal show with my two of my favorite bands. We have to headbang all night. Yeah, I know I've told the story before. We headbanged all night, and the next morning our necks hurt like crazy. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're never going to do that again. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to have a corpse grinder neck. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense when you're like 14 and 15, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> or 18. 19, yeah, 19. <laughs> Four, in 1990, I was I was 13. Yeah, yeah, 13 or 14. Yeah, that was my yeah. And just continually cycling through the mosh pit when you're like 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't well, make I, sense. I had my fair share of the mosh pit. Yeah. <laughs> when a, I lost a girlfriend at one point because, check this out, it was a Dead Horse show. And I used to go see Dead Horse every time they used to play Houston, like in high school. Yeah. And I promised her I would not get in the pit. But I did a stage dive that night and got a black eye. Ugh. And I could not hide that shit at school the next day. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, she was actually, uh, from what she told me, she was actually related to um, the Abbots. So Dimebag and Vinny. Wow. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, her name was, I don't remember her so name why was she? Why was she so anti-metal? I don't know. <laughs> what was going she on? She didn't want me to get in the pit for some reason. I just told her you got to get in the pit and love someone. Yeah. She was probably on the sucky side of the family. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Not the Those cool Abbott brothers side. are such bad news. <laughs> <laughs> They're my cousins. I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> So, what's your overall opinion of this uh, this album, John Michael? Uh, How many times I'm, have you heard it? Let's ask that. What's that? How many times have you listened to it? Uh, I've listened to it three or four times. That's about where um, I'm at, like three or four times. I'm I'm on the fence, kind of just like Sean is. I, everything he said, I was in agreement. Um, the only thing I'd have to say is that it's I it's definitely not one of those albums you're going to have a track that steps out into you like a like a catchy hook. You know, it's just kind of like a, it's, it sounds like it's come almost kind of like a, 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 what do you call it? Not even a filler album. I'm not going to say that because that's kind of, that sounds kind of <laughs> condescending, but it's not, it's kind of like a, I'm going to tell him you said trans- that <laughs> kind of like a transitional album. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Weird. Well, you know how like a band, they, they get in this groove and then they start a transition and then they come out with this kick-ass album after it. So I don't know. That's kind of my take on it. As far as catching it, I think you know, the one track is, I think they went, they went writing this album in a completely different type of fashion. Yeah. yeah. Than they're used to. They're used to writing. Okay, we're gonna write some catchy stuff here, yeah. but still keep it, you know, our way. I think this one is just like, hey, well, let's let's experiment and try different shit on. I this think album. it's experimental. Yeah. Very, very well, much is. They also said that they went in the, the way they wrote this album was they had loose ideas. But they went into the studio, the one they used back in Brave New World, the one yeah. in Paris, and they sat there together and wrote the album together collaboratively live, relatively collaboratively. Wow. So they worked on it as they were recording it. They which is unusual. Didn't even know that. They, yeah, they usually don't really do that. So, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's, they they did exactly what they're uh, anticipating then, because that's how it felt for me. It's like a transitional album, and uh, you know, like I said with. Uh, the catchiness. I think that the only song that I think would be catchy would be the riff to "Speed of Light." Yeah, you know, I, especially after playing the video game, uh, I <laughs> that, was whistling that eight bit version of like the song. Randomly. Really, really drove it home for me. Yeah, 
I think but, I think on the red and the black they have those very heaven can wait feely uh, vocal the chant. the crowd <laughs> the chant whoa. vocal yeah. yeah those things yeah. yeah yeah okay so that song right there that that's your point right there because the first time or second time that we listened to that song my wife and myself that we were just like whoa the, right after we heard it, we're like all right that's stuck in our head now yeah yeah that's what they needed. Yeah, I love and that that's song. their live song. I'm sure they're gonna be playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely gonna be in a live live set. Which they're they're gonna do a full world tour, so you have to go see this. I have to because this this may be my last chance. Because the last time they were in Tampa, um, when, when I lived down there, I missed them. They were playing in the building next to where I was. I just couldn't go. Oh, and um, when I moved back here, they ended up going to Atlanta. And I, you know, it's too far. So hopefully, I'm sure they'll do a full world tour because they got to come back to Houston, man. Yeah, no uh, opening bands, just three, four hours of Iron Maiden, whatever they, whatever their hearts can can take. And what's awesome for me is that I'm so close to Baltimore and DC and Richmond, so I'm I'm pretty close, and New Jersey. So if they come somewhere in the that two hour radius, I'm good. Yeah, cool, awesome, man. Uh, I think let's get on to the next track. What's uh, play something that influenced Sean here to get into metal when he was a, a young pigeon. Um, we're going to do the... What is the uh, what's the word for a young pigeon? Don't look at me. I don't know. Young pigeon? Young young, uh, pigeon. young chickadee? <laughs> um, want to do the uh, In Flames? Uh, let's do In Flames. Okay. Hell yeah. Because In Flames... Um, <laughs> you, got, you got Justin on that one. Yeah, because they, they were like a bridge band for me, you know? They were like a band that... Like, I was, I was listening to really extreme metal by that point. I was listening to like cannibal corpse and, um, yeah. And, uh, early, some morbid angel and, uh, a lot of cannibal corpse. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I was just, I was listening to it just because of the shock value of it. And just because of the, the noise value of it. But for me to really begin enjoying extreme metal, like actually like hearing it on a songwriting basis in bands like in flames and, uh, a lot of other like you know Cradle of Filth and Demi Borgir and and um, bands like that were the ones that kind of led me into extreme metal and made me hear it differently. It's kind of the same for me. I, yeah. I sort I wasn't listening to you know Shock and Awe kind of bands either, but I was listening to like Metallica, Megadeth, like the mainstream kind of metal bands. Yeah. And In Flames, Demu, Cradle, those are the kind of bands that push me into more extreme stuff too. Yeah, In, In Flames especially. Was uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, because they're because they're great songwriters, but they had enough melody in there to you know kind of uh, bridge the gap yes, between yeah. extremity and songwriting and stuff. And this the song I'm going to play is "Bullet Ride" from Clayman, which is not the first In Flames album I heard. I actually first heard Colony. Um, Colony of them. I think that was my first. The first one. one I was able to buy and, and locate and buy was Clayman. See, and, it's funny when uh, I was still doing Mainstream Resistance back in the late '90s. That's when they first came out. Yeah. Which was, and I, I think I interviewed them on oh, yeah. Colony or uh, they, and Clayman too. I remember they. I have the issue yeah. where you interviewed them because they came through Houston. Yep. Or the, was it Houston or Austin? They came through on the it Colony the, tour. It was San Antonio, San Antonio Metal Fest. Metal it was Fest. The same guys that did the Milwaukee Metal Fest. They did one in San Antonio, and I remember. Yeah, I did the interview on the bus. Was in flames. Yeah. And yeah, it was a, that was a weird day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They. Um. Yeah. That was like the. Because I, I, I went and saw them when they came through on the Clayman tour in December of 2000 at Fitzgerald's in the freezing cold. I remember that. I was there, too. You Actually, were... we bumped into each other in line. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I, you know what's crazy about that show is I was like so into that album and it was like speaking to everything to every little iota of where I was in life at that moment. Me too. And I ran into Anders Frieden on the staircase and uh, before the show started, I got there at 4 p.m. I was like obsessive, <laughs> and uh, I ran into him <laughs> and I'm like, and I, and I sat down next to him and I was talking to him and stuff and he's shaking my hand and stuff and I'm like, dude, I'm, I've been like your album is the only thing I've been listening to for the past four months. It's like it's speaking to everything that's going on in my life right now. And he was like. He actually like sat there and listened to me. He was like, "Oh, that's cool, man." And later, I, could, I was like, "I was like, Are you all right?" Because you were kind of woozy. Because he was like trying to get up, and he's like woozy. He's like, "I'm still drunk from last night." <laughs> <laughs> and you're uh, not my idol anymore, man. I'm sorry. And like he was like, "Yeah, you know." And they we got here today, and the promoter took us to a Taco Bell, and they had like bulletproof glass at the um, Taco Bell. Really fancy like, at the drive-through of the Taco Bell. He's uh-huh. like, "Yeah." He's like. It really freaked everyone in the band out. Like, where are we? He's like, where am I? <laughs> Why does it Taco Bell have bulletproof glass? Yeah, like I don't know. It's Probably just, a really was, sketchy neighborhood. I, it, I think yeah, well, in Houston there rarely yeah. is. Fitzgerald's back then was in a totally sketchy neighborhood. Yeah. Now it's been with the word gentrified. G- gentrified, yeah. yeah. It sucks now. Yeah, I, re- I remember. <laughs> you can't that find show, parking like, now. Like I went with three of my friends who I, I knew each one of them from like different groups. And it just so happened we all all four ended up hanging out that day. And I was like, "Hey, there's an In Flames concert. I really want to go. Yeah. You guys should come with me." And they were all like, "We don't really listen to metal." And I was just like, "Come on, it'll be fun." Yeah. And then yeah. I didn't I didn't know anybody really that was into metal then. And I saw you in line. Yeah. And I did I did talk to you. I was like, "Hey," because I I knew you from school. Huh. And uh, we talked for like half a second. And then you know they opened the door. We started handing our tickets and we went in and. Uh, Who did they play with on that tour? Nevermore and Shadows Fall were the opener. Yeah, Shadows oh, Fall was yeah. the opener. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I remember that tour. I my, remember. my friends all sat at one of the tables in the back, or like the seats in the back. Yeah, and then I was like only one in the front. There wasn't even that many people in there. No, it was a. It small was a show. really small show. I remember I got a pick from Jim Shepard. I think we were at that show. It was like right after we started dating, actually. And when I nod, I don't nod at Justin. I, I nod at my wife in the other room. <laughs> just, just to clear that up for people that can't see. Yeah. Yeah, because she's a, he, she's a huge Nevermore fan. Yeah. Big time. Let's go into the song. Uh, I, I really want to thank John Michael for coming back onto the show for this yeah. segment. It's hey, been a pleasure, it, man. man. It's uh, You know, I wanted to say something real just, quick, man. Uh, you... You deserve all the success in the world, man. You know, you've been sticking through all the time uh, with 10 years on MSR cast. It's, it's fucking awesome, dude. Um, things got, you know, when I was doing my podcast, The Dead Zone, and things went south for me, I just kind of walked away from it. But you've you've weathered the storm, and it's pretty fucking cool, man. I'm very, very proud of you, and I'm, I'm proud to have experienced the couple years that I did with you. I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, it means a lot to me. Uh, you're a good man, and thank you. It's supposed to be metal night, not an emotional night, man. So. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, it's okay. Let me cut your dick off. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, so, man, you, you do. You deserve all the success you get. I appreciate that, man. I really do. And, and thanks, and you thanks have, to you, you have for the perfect co-host with you right now, too. Thanks to you for being part of the show for those years. I mean, it, you know when you know Papa Josh left. We're trying to figure out what to do, and you are a perfect replacement for him. Being a metalhead, he used to have his own show, man. And I appreciate that. Basically, those years. the book of souls of MSR cast. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and transition over. You're the, the you're the transitionary album, yeah. Iron Maiden album. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, no, seriously, you, you've got a really good thing going with him. So it's it's really good. He 
you guys just listening to you guys talk and it's fucking awesome. It's meant to be. Cool. Oh, thanks. Thank you, man. And everybody, give them a round of applause. Yay. Thank you. Let's get yeah. into the Inflame song. You want to introduce? You guys it? don't realize that I don't have my pants on now. <laughs> I, I haven't had my pants on the whole night. What are you talking about? It was a standing Woo. ovation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Bullet Ride from Coy Man. You want to introduce it, John Michael? Since no, man, it's 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 all good. No, man, come on. Bullet Ride okay. from Clay Man. This is Bullet Ride from who? What is it again? Say it again. <laughs> See, that's why we didn't do, let you do it. It's yeah. in, we're doing In Flames, Bullet Ride from the album Clay Man. This is In Flames, Bullet Ride from their album Clay Man. All right. Yeah.
Calypso, <laughs> Megadeth is Super Friends. Yes, we yes. figured it out. They're the Wonder Twins. <laughs> Wonder Twins' powers activate. Exactly. Everybody else is, they go, all the other characters are tertiary. They can come and go. They come and go. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we can move on now. We <laughs> can put that baby to rest. So let's talk about the, the band that we just heard. Let's talk about In Flames. Yes, In Flames. I mean, for me, they were... Um, I, we were talking about this off-air. We were talking about how they're the bridge between, like... Between extreme... They're, well, they're the bridge between mainstream metal and extreme metal. Yeah, for me, they definitely were. But for me, they were... Back weird. in the 90s, yeah. They were... Because I, I was listening to heavier stuff before I listened to In Flames. But what they did was they sort of connected the he- like they made my, the part of my brain that was just listening to the heavier stuff like Cannibal Corpse for the noise value, and then like Megadeth for the songwriting value, and they connected those two together and like yeah. oh I can have both of them. Wait, but did they cloud connect them? No, they didn't do that. <laughs> God damn it. With the techno remix, yeah. Because uh. like I mean, those first five In Flames albums, Anders Frieden was able to conjure his voice up and to be some. It was so it was aggressive, but it wasn't like overbearing it wasn't like death grunt death grunts yeah. you know uh, it was something it was, truly unique back it was then. yeah it was it was a uh, it wasn't i don't know how to describe it it was just almost like the sound of fury coming through i mean he was when he was at his peak from 95 to say 2001 he was untouchable i mean mm-hmm. the guy was just like maybe the best extreme metal vocalist in like out there um then he started to try to learn how to sing and that diluted his voice the power of his voice and they stopped writing their songs around the guitar melodies. They started writing them around his weakened singing voice, and that changed the band. So, but I mean, yeah, in, this In Flames was just a band that really awakened to me. And like, because they came after Boy and Guardian, I started, I heard In Flames on that same radio station, mm-hmm. hardradio.com. I heard Bullet Ride, this this song, like Hard Radio, that credit to them, man. They really changed my life, that website. Um, but yeah, I heard this Props. song. I heard this song. <laughs> On the radio, um, and I actually heard Ice Earth on that radio station too. I heard Question of Heaven. It was the first Ice Earth song I heard. It was like a great introduction of that band. Yeah, you know how so. I got into the Ice Earth. I went to. I think I've told the story before. I was a. You know, we used to go to the record store, like Sound Warehouse or whatever it was. Yeah. And I saw that there was an album based on Spawn. Oh, yeah. And I had them open it up, and they play. I played it, and I listened to it, and I bought it. Yeah, that was it for me. Yeah. I, I became a diehard fan at that moment. Yeah. That was the album to do it too. Yes, <laughs> we yeah. made George listen to that episode uh, to that on Metal Geeks. Oh, really? Yeah, he liked it. He liked it. That's oh, good. good. We're gonna do a special episode uh, or a special segment on this show of George hates metal. Yeah, at the end of the episode, because if you haven't listened to Metal Geeks, one of my co-hosts, and his name is George, and I'm not gonna say he's not a metalhead. <laughs> well, he like, but he's, he's not, not a, a he's not a metalhead, <laughs> but he does like some metal, and there's something he does not like. And it's funny when he doesn't like something because it, he gets really adamant about it. Yeah, he hasn't found that bridge yet between mainstream and like in flames. Stuff. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe we should make him listen to In Flames. Okay, all right. Which album? Clay Man. Clay Man. Or Horacle. That's a good choice. Horacle's good too. Colony's also. A they good do choice. a fucking Depeche Mode cover on that, which is pretty awesome. George would probably love Horacle. I think that one's like closest to him. Yeah, George loves Horacle. George loves Horacle. <laughs> Horacle would be good. Horacle would be good. All right. And we should text him right now. Yeah. George, listen to Horacle. <laughs> what? My mom? You woke me up. Whoa. What, you woke me up to make to tell me that shit? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. 
What other topics do we have? I think we've covered it. Walls here. <laughs> I bought this stuff myself. <laughs> Did you want to discuss uh, the Lemmy thing? Oh, the cancellation. Nah, we don't have to talk about that. Thing. Nah. Not big, that big of a deal. What about Century Media being bought out by Sony? We'll save that till the next episode. Okay. We can go into that. That might happen because they're still. Uh, there, there's a lot of things I have to think about with that one. Okay. Let's talk. Let's go into Fear Factory then. Okay. So, what have you been listening to new recently? Um, I've been just trying to catch up on everything I'm backlogging, but really, right now, I stopped everything for the new Iron Maiden. That's really been it, honestly. I need to listen to the new Amorphous album. Oh, the new Amorphous album is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, I've listened to literally nothing else for the last three days. All like, right. You texted I, me the other day. Podcasts like, are not getting played. I'm so far behind on everything just because of that damn album. All right. <laughs> that new, so we're going to play something for the new Amorphous on the next episode for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, you texted me the other day. You're like, this, you're right. This new Amorphous is really good. I'm like, yeah, told you. <laughs> Take uh, take Carrie's advice on this stuff, guys. Yes, uh, new Fear Factory for me. It's like we we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, Genexus or Genexus or Genex, however you want to say it. Genesequa. Genesequa. <laughs> it's the the sequel to D Manufacture that I never knew I wanted. It's I've listened to every single Fear Factory album, and I, you know it's they're good. There's a couple of good tracks here and there, but. This whole fucking album, it's it's amazingly well written. Burton and Dino back together again. It's like the dynamic duo. It's they're the Batman and Robin from the sixties. Yeah, it's it, and they have Reese Filber from you know back in the day from D Manufacture doing all the you know the keyboards and the sound effects yeah. and the mechanical sounds and everything. It sounded very classic. It's so good. And in live acoustic drums on right. this album, not all mechanical. Right. There's just something magical about this fucking album that I cannot stop listening to. Yeah. I mean, eventually really the band sticks around long enough and they go through periods of rough patches or whatever. They're going to eventually come back around and hit, hit one out of the park, you know? It, it, they really did on this album. It's like so. Machine Head with the blackening a couple of many years ago, 07 or whatever yeah, it was. Exactly yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, they sort of went away again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they went away hard. Yeah, they did. <laughs> if it wasn't for the new Amorphous album, I'd probably still be listening to the new Fear Factory album. Yeah, yeah. That's good, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's been kind of a weird couple weeks. I mean, we got the Fear Factory album, which was a yep. gift, an absolute gift. And then we got the new Soil Work album. I which, haven't listened to the new Soil Work as much as you have. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's it's their best album to date. The first track on the album, so good, though. Like, it's everything you like about Soil Work turned up to 10. Like, it's it's great. If you're a fan, you'll love it even more. I saw it at Best Buy the other day, actually. Yeah. Really? Uh, they actually really still make CDs. You know what? Screw that place, man. I can't find it. I don't even know why I bother to look. I should just go down to the independent record store to yeah, drive should. further down. But I did go into the Best Buy to go see if they had the Speed of Light single for Maiden. Yeah. Like They're supposed to. They're it, supposed it was to come exclusive like, to Best Buy. Yeah. They didn't have it at the Best Buy I went to. And I'm They're just supposed like, to come with a t-shirt. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be bundled with a t-shirt. And I'm like looking around for it. And I finally asked a guy. And he's like... Nope, we're not. We don't have any. I'm like, fuck this place. <laughs> I haven't checked for the new album yet because it just came out today, and I haven't been to Best Buy. I'll tell you why I'm not going to go is Best Buy. Okay. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon all the way. Yeah. I get free shipping through Amazon. I don't know why I don't fucking buy everything from them. Yeah. yeah. I can wait a day or so. Yeah. Whatever. 
But going back to the new Fear Factory, I know. Let, let me get your full opinion on this, Justin. I absolutely love it. You know, the the old Fear Factory stuff is my favorite Fear, Fear Factory stuff. Like I've been a fan ever since I said like some Soul of a New Machine. Uh, D Manufacturer is probably my favorite album, just like you. Uh, I like some of their old, later stuff too, like Obsolete and oh, Digi Mortal. Like, but <clears throat> the the newer stuff where it's been either Burton or Dino, but not both of them together. It's like. It's good. Like there's some good songs on yeah. each one, but neither one has been great. Uh, but man, they really just went back to their roots with this thing, and it is just incredible. And they knew exactly what they were doing. Like the song "Soul Hacker," it's their new replica. Yeah, it, it's it, they knew exactly what they're writing. They, man, it's I, I feel bad for not seeing them on the tour last week. Well, to be fair, you know we were up until three a.m. watching Kevin Smith. That's true. We were, weren't we? <laughs> was it that same day? It was the day after. Oh, yeah. And I actually had my niece and w- staying the weekend with yeah. us. So. Yeah, I, I slept an hour and then I uh, got up went to work early so I could get off early to go meet Kevin Smith. And then after that, we recorded a show for Metal Geeks, went and saw Kevin Smith. I didn't get home until 4, and then I had to get up and go to work at 7. Oh. I was going to go to Fear Factory, but I was just, just I was, beat. I, yeah. How did you yeah. wake up in time to go to work? Amps. Yeah. <laughs> Amp energy. But nah, I wish I wish I could have gone to see him because I've only ever seen him once, and it was a good show when I saw him. I've seen him many many times. You know, one of the speaking of Iron Maiden, I saw Fear Factory open up for Bl- the Blaze version of Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, back in the day it was like what ninety two thousand something. Not ninety. It was either in like ninety five to ninety eight. That's the only time. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin went with me, and he was not a metalhead at all, but he had a great time. They played in some kind of two-story venue club, up, like somewhere in Houston that doesn't exist anymore, right? It used to be an old grocery store or something. Yeah, yeah. That's weird to see. think of Maiden playing <laughs> in a converted grocery store, a yeah. club. It was crazy. Like, what And it was hell? weird, too. And it was a weird, it was like an L-shaped, so there was like this narrow area in front of the stage, and there was like this big area next to it where you couldn't see the band. I'm like, didn't make any fucking sense. That's weird. Oh, that's weird. All right. Houston's a weird place. Well, yes, just, it is. I mean, that was that's that's how weird the '90s were for metal. <clears throat> the yeah. Iron Maiden, the gods themselves, were playing in some shit <clears throat> club in Houston. When they came back in with Bruce in, in 2000, they're playing at the Woodlands yes. yeah. Pavilion. You know, like oh yeah, many what ten thousand. All it took was Brucey yeah. to get back in the band. Well, I I don't know. I, you know, it's just weird. It. it it took Brucey and it took something else. It just took a changing of... Now you're going to start calling him Brucey. It, it took a changing of of the minds, I think. I just I always, Something flipped at the millennium when like metal was just like the revival was on. And yeah, Maiden were like the biggest part of it. Certainly Metallica wasn't. But, no. Uh, no, we've talked about thrash metal. We've talked about power metal. And another jab at Metallica. <laughs> right? We, we've done, Everybody we've, loves St. Anger. What are you talking about? <laughs> That album to Saint angers me. Uh, so <laughs> we've discussed, worst. you know, our thrash metal roots. We've discussed our, you know, power metal roots and all that kind of stuff. Let's discuss our death metal roots. What was the first death metal band you ever heard? Cannibal Corpse <laughs> was the first. What I think was the was first a- death metal band you ever liked. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse, yeah. really? Yeah. But then I heard, um, uh, I heard like stuff like. Um, I don't know if you could actually call them. I mean, like I remember hearing "Possessed" for the first time, you know, and then hearing um, uh, "Carcass" and then "Death," and th- those all came pretty quickly after. I remember this kid I used to go to middle school with. Uh, I just called him Metal Joe. His name was Joe, but he was Metal Joe to me, and he introduced me to all that stuff. Like, just gave me cassettes that he would dub of all these metal bands. My cousin, yeah, uh, my cousin Chris got me into a lot of the shit because you know I was into heavier shit, but. 
I remember go, going to his house one day. He had a little, you know, like a suitcase. Open, he opened it up. There was all these cassette tapes in there, and they're all copies, of course. But right, yeah. Like so, death, leprosy, and fucking like, I think individual thought patterns or something. Yeah, I, can't, I think those were the first ones I ever heard. Yeah, fucking blew me away. I'm like, okay, you can be fucking brutal. But you can have such precision and precision and, was the big thing for me. Yeah. Well, there's like heavier Megadeth, you yeah. know, like human from death, you know. God. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was such a genius. Yeah. He really, really was. Like Cannibal Corpse was the same way for me. Vader, early Vader stuff. I love Vader. Ah. Oh. Um, maybe someday later. For now. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> but what about you, Justin? What were some of your first death metal bands? Ectombed for me, like. Carcass, like you said, man. I, I came to Entombed after I came into black metal because I went back and oh, really? investigate all these Scandinavian bands and stuff. Okay. Yeah, like I was always really drawn to melodic death metal more so than just like the standard Cannibal Corpse kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. like In Flames kind of put me on a route towards liking more melodic stuff. Um, <laughs> specific bands, I don't even know. Uh, you know, it's a good way backwards. From like melodic death metal, as you go back and listen to those early '90s dissection albums, yeah, those first two dissection albums are just jaw dropping. Yeah, they really and they're, are. They're they're melodic enough, but they're more close. They're lean closer to just brutal death metal. I think as I've as I've gotten more into metal, as I've gone old, gotten older and whatnot, I've gotten more into liking like technical death metal, yeah, and the really brutal stuff because. Uh, I mean, I don't have specific favorites, I don't think. Like I said, I have a playlist of like 90,000 songs. Whenever it comes up, I'm always like, oh, this is badass. Right. But I, I haven't had the time to go back and really sit and listen to full-length albums on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You should. So I, I know I should. Spotify is a good tool for that. It really is. Even was, though they don't get paid much, but... Yeah. It was never enough for death metal to be brutal for me. Like, that was just early like preteen teenager shock value stuff you know like oh I'm listening to this stuff and it's really loud and obnoxious I, I do know that the first like death metal thing I ever heard that was funny enough to me to make me like actually want to go and uh, like seek out more of the sound was Dying Fetus yeah I can say that for, for yeah. a fact uh, because I had a friend who put a, a modification thing onto his Winamp where he could make it sound like chipmunk voices so dying fetus with chipmunk voices was like the most insanely hilarious thing to me when I was about. I actually years don't want old. to hear that. So <laughs> I, I definitely sought out a lot of dying fetus stuff because of him. So yeah. there's one more band that I want to play. This is sort of like a surprise to you guys. Right. Um, speaking of, you know, a little crossover thrash death metal. One of the best local bands to ever come out of Houston. Dead Horse. Dead Horse. Yeah. Very fucking underrated band. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Dead Horse? I'm looking at Justin. No, I haven't. See. He's never heard of them. Yeah, I was such a huge fan of this band because they were my they were my local band right. that made it. I remember my my mom taking me to the Galleria Mall, and I remember finding um, the the cassette tape for Horsecore, and I was so fucking excited because I heard about them, oh, yeah. like Rivet Head and all this kind of stuff, the local little magazine, and I wrote to these guys. And I I said how much of a fan I was, and they sent me a demo tape of the new album that hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> wow! So I'm still a huge fan of these guys. Yeah. Um, and a couple of the guys were nice enough to actually call in and leave a couple messages for the show. Yeah, 
I I still want to plan a retrospective with these guys. Just yeah. get him, sit, sit him down and just talk about you know their experience. Their history and, the, and they're back together, yeah. different vocalists. Right. But yeah. It's still the same band. When I first heard of Dead Horse, they were already broken up. It was just oh like, really? I I think I found out about them through you. Really? Back in the early mainstream resistance days, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because I remember hearing it. Well, I remember hearing them, and then like someone saying, "Oh God, they've been broken up for years now." I'm like, "Oh," and they were in the people because I would always wonder like, "Who's the who is the biggest local death metal or local metal band in Houston?" And the answer was always Dead Horse. Yeah, Dead Horse. I was like, Hellstar and Dead Horse are the two that you think of. Yeah, King's X. Yeah. Oh well, King's X, but you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah. Let's get into some Dead Horse. Um, I'm not sure what song I'm going to pick yet because maybe I'll play the whole album. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's just get into it and we'll be right back after this track. Giddy up. This is Alpo with Dead Horse and you're listening to MSR Casting. Ten years of fucking... <laughs>
Welcome back to MSRCast episode 173. This is our 10-year anniversary episode, and there's no way I could get through this episode with playing one of the bands that really influenced me as a young metalhead, and that's a local band from Houston called Dead Horse. Yeah. All lowercase. Dead Horse, yes. Yeah. Two separate words, lowercase. Yeah. Yeah, there was another band that was just called Dead Horse at one point. Yeah. They're not, they're not very good. Yeah. But the album is called Horse Core, An Unrelating Story in Time, I think. That's time-consuming? That's time-consuming. There you go. Horse Core, An Unrelated Story That's Time-Consuming. It's one of my favorite fucking albums of all time. It came out in 1989, self-released. Um, got picked up later and then you know re-released by Relapse, like 99-ish. Yeah. It's a bunch of bonus tracks and shit. Uh, they're on Spotify. Go check them out. They do on their second album, which is... Peaceful Deaths and Pretty Flowers. They did a really cool rock lobster cover from the B-52s. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, you probably heard them just say something nice about the show. Yeah. Thanks for them. Thanks for calling in a couple members of the band. So, that's something we've been um, peppering in during this episode is a lot of people have been calling in and leaving messages about the 10-year anniversary. And it's fucking... I, it's heartwarming, man. It's you know I feel overwhelmed. I I don't, I don't feel worthy of it, but I'm you know it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, I really appreciate everybody that's called in, and Justin called in yesterday and he just showed up. He's yeah. like, I want to be on your episode. And he just showed up. Yeah. So he's here. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of you, man. <laughs> so thank you, big thanks to everyone who has called, left a message, emailed a message. You know, made an MP3, whatever you guys did. I really fucking appreciate it. Um, we had so many of them. We were trying to figure out a way to play them on the episode. So we're going to play a little bit in the beginning, a little bit peppered throughout the episode, and then we're going to play the rest after we're done. So if you didn't hear your voice before, wait yeah. till the end of the episode. You'll hear it. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, big thanks to Papa Josh, a.k.a. Cryptos, a.k.a. Josh for calling in. One of our um, ex-co-hosts. Yep. Um, a lot of cool people. Joey Vera from Armored Saint called in. It's just, it's really overwhelming, dude. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. You don't think about 10 years being that. But for for a podcast, that's a really... That's a long time for a podcast. Yeah. I know they're all popular now, but think about 2005. The podcasts weren't really a thing back then, you know? No, exactly right. The... The first podcast that I ever heard was probably a couple of Disney ones, um, Inside the Magic, and then I think Window to the Magic, who just celebrated their tenure as well. Yeah, I was like, man, okay, that's a topic that I'm really into, but I'm also really into fucking metal. Why don't I just? And I was looking at because I've been doing mainstream resistance, and I was looking to revamp it somehow. Yeah, and it came to me, why don't we just try making an audio show yeah no idea what i was doing right. first episode was fucking horrible yeah. <laughs> sounded like shit um you know but we kept on going and then you know we got, we got hooked up with mental injection we picked up listeners we picked up you know momentum and you know 10 years just went by really fucking quick yeah it's crazy what have you listened is there any podcast you've been listening to for 10 years no no <laughs> no the like, longest podcast I've listened to is like just the one in my head. Oh yeah, <laughs> the just in case podcast. Yeah, that sometimes gets the gets released. It's it's more like my inner monologues and my my audio commentary on life. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the longest running podcast you've listened to? 
Well, the longest running that I was to is Nerdist. I mean, they've been around since uh, 2010, early 2010. Yeah. I remember when they first. I remember the first episode of that was Super Bowl Sunday of 2010. Yeah, yeah. they recorded it in uh, what's his name's house. Um, oh damn it! I know the, the guy, guy from Reno 911. That's right. Yeah, yeah, at his house. Yeah, in the garage. Yeah. What about you? What's the longest podcast you've listened to? Uh, the only podcast that I've listened to from start to current is Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah, I've listened to every single episode from the beginning. Those guys have been around for about five years now. Yeah. So. I mean, I've listened to other shows. I mean, I like uh, probably the oldest one that I can remember listening to was um, either the Totally Rad Show or Dignation. But those were really video shows. I loved both of those shows. Yeah, yeah I love Totally but Rad Indignation. Neither one's going on anymore. So. I met Alex Albrecht in January. Did I tell you that? Yeah, that's it was really that was pretty cool. awesome. I was like, hey, he's like, yeah. you know who I am? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. You've been doing this show yeah. since before Nerdist, since oh, before, yeah, before Mark Nerdist. Marin. Before Mark Maron, before uh, Kevin Adam Carilla. Smith. Yeah, before Kevin Smith. When I'm, so why aren't you making millions of dollars? That's <laughs> the question of the week, isn't it? Why not? That's because It's that metal part there. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Metal drags your pocketbook yeah. down. Yeah. You're fighting the mainstream. You, you all their money. Fuck the mainstream. You're also not... You also didn't co-host a show with Jenny McCarthy in the mid-90s. No. Yeah. And I don't come from a celebrity background. Yeah. I'm not a celebrity... I'm, I'm still not a celebrity. Yeah. But... You know, I'm not Kevin Smith, and I'm not, you know, Chris Hardwick, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not these people. Yeah, I'm not these comedians who already had a, a base behind them, a fandom, and yeah. created a podcast. And that's, and I appreciate what all these guys do for the for the genre. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I mean it was, yeah, the comedy aspect of podcasting elevated everything else. I think so. And now every comedian has a podcast, or if you should have a podcast if you're a comedian. Yes, but. There's not a lot of metal podcasts out there. The ones I've heard, I personally am not that wild. There on. are some good ones. Uh, some Talking okay Metal ones. is still good. Yeah. Mars Attacks podcast is still good. I haven't listened to that one. Um, you know, it's funny. I was going to mention the story when we met Kevin Smith last week. I handed him my business card for Metal Geeks, right? And he's like, what is this? I was like, oh, it's my podcast. And he's like, and he his eyes lit up. He's like, podcaster, let's talk. <laughs> and he's like, how many episodes have you done? And, and, and was, he's like, how long have you been doing it? And I was like, well, you know, my other show, I've been doing a heavy metal show for 10 years. He looked at me like, 10 years? <laughs> he, and he like did this, like, he looked up, you know, like he was like, his mind was like mo- moving around. He's like... In two years, it'll be 10 years for me. He's like, you've been doing it fucking longer than me. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> Kevin Smith said I've been podcasting longer than him. I was, I was, I was, I was super happy with that. It was nice. cool. Yeah. So thanks for not calling in, Kevin. Yeah. But man, but for everybody who did call in and leave a message, like I said before, I, 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 I can't say how much I appreciate it in, what it means to me that people care, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to get all mushy and everything. No, we're right. metal, man, metal. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, thank you everybody. And yeah, expect, I think, expect more episodes sooner rather yes. than later. Well, uh, we'll figure stuff out. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It's just for now. Like we said, check out msrcast.com. Check out metalgeeks.net. Look for us on on the Twitter. Look for us on the Facebook. Uh, look for us on the Instagram. Um, follow us on iTunes. You can search for MSR Cast or Metal Geek. So it'll both bring you to the episode of this show and um, leave a review. Um, Five star review will get us to the somewhere. People will find out about the show even more, truthfully. 
Um, that's the only thing I, I, I ask for is for people to tell their friend that they listen to the show. Yeah. That's the only thing I want. That's it. You want, you know, heavy metal music with discussion and no beer drinking? Yeah. You've come to the right place. Yes. No no slurping of beers. Nope. So uh, I guess that's an episode, man. All right. What's well, it's yeah. a it's our anniversary. That's it. What what do you, what do we give each other for our ten year anniversary? Is it paper or <clears throat> um, silver or something? Oh yeah, they oh yeah, those traditional gifts. I know what my wife's gonna give me. What? <laughs> I'm not giving you that. <laughs> hey. Ah, paper. That paper. Let's do yeah. paper. Yeah. All right, so uh, thanks to Justin for hanging out with Pretty us this evening. gift paper. <laughs> <laughs> I got you a, a 20-pound pack of paper, man. Yeah, I, do, they, do people really give themselves, like, give or give each other gifts like that? Paper and stuff Based like on that? the, the, like, like tradition? The holiday. Yeah, I mean, I've done... What kind uh, of paper? What are you doing with paper? Like, uh, like the, the five-year anniversary is, like, wood. I got Heather, like, a really nice, like, chopping block for, uh, for the oh, kitchen. You, you gave, yeah, like, you every, gave every, your wife wood? I did give my wife wood. <laughs> no, but I mean, some of those are, are kind of cool to uphold. Yeah, some yeah. of them are just like completely retarded. Right, <laughs> Don't yeah, make right. any kind of sense, but some of them are cool to uphold. I'm not going to get you wood, dude. I'm sorry. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, appreciate everything you do for the show, but we're not going there. Yeah. Uh, but thanks to Justin for hanging out with us on our anniversary. Thanks for John to John Michael for yeah. you know coming in and hanging out with us for a little bit. That was cool. Thanks for uh, the discussions this evening, and um, thanks again for all the voicemails, man. I appreciate it. So until next time. Keep it metal. Happy anniversary. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We'll do that. We tied it together. All right. Keep it metal, guys. Yeah. Just wanted to give a quick congratulations, man. MSR Podcast has been going strong for 10 years, and we do appreciate you guys. Mainstream Resistance. Keep it going. Thanks. This is Jonathan Glenn from The Zone, Sci-Fi Film Race Film Festival. Just calling to wish you guys a happy anniversary uh, celebration for your 10th anniversary there. You guys, you guys, thanks so much for being a sponsor. Thank you guys for being there for us. And uh, keep it on, man. Keep metal. Hey, this is Rick from Gray Skies Fallen and Buckshot Facelift. If memory serves correct... We met Carrie back in 1999 at the March Metal Meltdown in Asbury Park, New Jersey. We've known him ever since. We've been fans of the mainstream resistance zine. And also now, for 10 years, the MSR cast. So congratulations to 10 years of podcasting. You were probably one of the first to get going on it. Uh, so all these posers can, uh, can get in line. You know what I'm saying? So congratulations and to 10 more years. And we'll still be around, so... Hit us up anytime you need anything, man. Congrats. Hey, Carrie, this is Mark over at the Rebel Radio Podcast wishing you congratulations on 10 years of the MSR cast. That is truly awesome. You are a Jedi Knight amongst us podcasters out there. Here's to another 10 years with everything. And uh, have a good show. And uh, keep it geeky, bro. Hey, this is Patrick Thompson, a.k.a. Metal Dude 29 Congratulations to everyone at MSR Cast for 10 years of podcasting. I'd just like to say thank you so much for bringing killer metal music to the podcasting world. Cheers to everyone, and here's to 10, 20, 30 more years of the show. Hello, this message is for uh, Dr. Gordon. Uh, this is your patient, Mark Nasso. I was busy drawing my latest issue of Land of the Rats, and I noticed a strange rash that came 
back. Uh, I was wondering if you could take a look at it, if I can get an appointment. Wait a minute. I think I have the wrong number. This is the Metal Geeks hotline. Well, I just want to congratulate you on uh, 25 years uh, in the business, and thank you for all you do for the metal community and the comics community. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hi, this is Steve Swanson from the Muppet Cast. Just wishing a happy 10-year anniversary to the MSR cast. Wow. Happy anniversary, guys. Hey, Carrie and the other folks on MSR cast. I just wanted to congratulate the show on reaching its 10-year anniversary. Uh, that is a huge accomplishment that should totally be recognized, celebrated with maybe a little whiskey on the side, and honored. Good luck with today's show, guys, and here's to another 10 years of great stuff. Congrats again. Ken Mills here of the Podkist, the Podkist Network, and Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast. You know, we thought we were doing something important when we celebrated eight years of doing the Podkist Podcast. But that's nothing compared to Kerry Gordon and the gang over at the MSR cast. Rocking out with your geek out for 10 years. Amazing to think. Thank you for continuing to do a great show where you step on the pedal and do everything with that metal attitude. Here's to another batch of years coming your way. Keep it going, guys. From all of us at the Podkist and the Zilch Monkeys Podcast, we would like to congratulate Kerry Gordon and everyone over at the MSR Cast. Rocking out with your geek out for 10 years. Amazing to think. We wish you guys the best and continued success. Look forward to more of your excellent podcasting work. Keep it up. And everyone should listen to this show and rate it on iTunes. Hey there, Metal Geeks. Stay the Nerd here. And I just wanted to say congratulations on making it 10 years doing podcasting. That's a feat in itself, and I bet you guys think it feels like a lifetime. But just think, it seems like just yesterday for me I started listening to your podcast. That was almost three years ago. So hey, keep up the good work, knock them dead, and just remember, let your nerd flag fly. Great job, man. Carry on. Hi, my name is Brian McBalls, president of the Internet. I'm calling to say that MSRCast is my favorite podcast on the Internet, and happy 10 years. Yes, bye. Hey, everyone. This is Marcus Sabom, writer director of The Good Friend, and I just wanted to give a shout-out and a happy 10th anniversary to MSRCast. Thanks for being a place for nerds to nerd out and talk about movies, music, and all kinds of things, and a place for local talent to come and talk about what they do best. Keep on going, guys. Looking forward to 10 more years. Take care. Hello, hello, hello. It's Tech Sheet, the coolest of the Mad Men crew. Just want to give a shout-out and a happy anniversary to all y'all at the Metal Geeks Podcast. Happy 10-year anniversary. That is so awesome. And because of this anniversary, I kind of want to spit something out. Maybe it's coming on the top of my head, so I might mess up. Anyways, here we go. I am Tech Sheik the coolest. Tech Sheik cool. Geeking at the playground with the Pokemon duel. Metal Geeks Podcast. 10 years strong. Let's hear it for 10 more because they do no wrong. I'll finish right here, cause this is where I end. Hip-hop to metal, we can always be friends. Cause you so cool, and so am I. Happy 10 years to some super cool guys. 
Peace. Have a good one. We'll hang out soon. Yeah. Happy anniversary. All right. H-Town proud. Peace. Congratulations, Carrie Gordon, for podcasting MSR Cast for 10 years. It is a great pleasure for us at KLRC Lightning Radio com to air both MSR Cast and Metal Geeks. Thank you for delivering such great programming. Make sure to tune into MSR Cast and Metal Geeks on LightningRadio.com. Hey, this is Jay McCaslin from Flying Squid Tattoos in the Heights here in Houston. I'd like to wish MSR Cast and Carrie and the whole crew a happy birthday and many more years of metal to come. Thank you. This is comic writer Kurt Amaker calling from New Orleans, Louisiana, to wish a happy, horrifying 10-year anniversary to the Metal Geeks. Rock on, guys. Hey, this is Kim, also known as uh, Carrie's wife, also known as MSR Mistress, or the person in the other room. I just wanted to send a congratulations for the 10 years of MSR cast crazy to think 10 years ago people are like what's a podcast and do you have to put it on your you know your ipod to listen to it so congrats to everybody a big thanks to papa josh john michael and of course to carrie and to sean for their 10 years of service towards the metal and many many more and that's all i can think of keep it metal and keep it geeky but most importantly keep it metal Hey, Carrie, it's JJ. Just wanted to call and say congratulations on 10 years. and Hopefully you'll have another 10 or more years down the road of podcasting. So congratulations, keep it metal, and uh, thanks for everything you do. Have a good day. Congratulations, Carrie, for 10 years of keeping it metal. And uh, all that stuff. So... Yeah, but seriously, Gary and Jason, your bowtie dapper friend, thank you again for 10 years of fantastic podcasting and keeping it metal. This is Hellbound Jeff from Cheese Raider Masturbation. Wanted to say thank you for bringing 10 years of metal. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's El Yanni from Blues Funeral, Sanctus Bellum, and Vendetta Diabolique. Wanted to wish MSR cast a very, very happy 10th anniversary. Thank you for keeping it metal. Thank you for keeping it real. This is to another 10, 50, 100 years. Peace, y'all. What's up, Metal Geeks? It's Guy Hutchinson, co-host of Drunk on Disney and the author of the only book on the only Sesame Street theme park in the world. And there's nothing more metal than that. Ten years? Is it really ten years? Is that possible? I feel like ten years ago, I dialed up to AOL, heard, eh, 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 and then waited for a picture to download of Sonny from the WWF for 20 minutes. I, I can't imagine you've been doing this that long. But if you have, God bless you. If not, this is the greatest Andy Kaufman-esque stunt of all time. Uh, you guys are great. What I love about your show is you cover all the stuff that we're all into and you cover it equally and you cover it well. So here's to another 10 years. 
Keep doing what you do and rock on. Greetings, this is Brian, owner of Nuclear Rock Radio, also known as DJ Metal Lord. I'd like to wish happy 10 years to MSR Cast. Keep on rocking, guys. What's up? This is Dave from Apocalyptic, wishing Carrie and the MSR Podcast a happy 10-year anniversary. This is Darren Cowan from MetalUnderground.com. You are listening to MSR Podcast. Hey, this is John with Dogfin Radio. I just want to say congratulations, Gary, on 10 years of podcasting and for bringing metal to the podcast world. Congrats from all of us at Dogfin Radio. Hey, this is Amanda, a.k.a. Brutal Bliss, calling to first thank MSRCast for all that you do, and second, to congratulate you on a decade of mainstream resistance. Keep up the good work. Hey, uh, yeah, um, I've, I've, just, uh, I've been having... Uh, like the TV's not working, so I don't know when you're gonna get home. Um, but uh, like the remote, I don't know what it is. But I, I say Xbox on, and it, it doesn't. Did you? I don't know if you changed anything or not. But um, it's my TV, so you know I don't know if you changed anything. If your girlfriend came over or changed some of the settings, you know, don't do that. Um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, also, I went to the store, and so I got. Um, some milk and cereal, and you can have some of that if you want to, but just, like, let me know if it's, if it's out or whatever. Um, and congrats on the podcast thing, too, I guess. But soon through the TV thing. Let me know, dude. Bye. Thank you for listening to MSRCast's 10th year anniversary. If you wish to select metal, please dial 666. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net.